0: Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago. Take the time for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent
1: experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody.
2: I'm Stella.
3: I'm Mallory.
1: And I am James. And we're back, baby. It's been Um, a while. We're back, (laughs) Dinosaur Story, Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It's been one week since you looked at me. (laughs) Back Uh,
3: streets, back. (laughs) All right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, wow. I mean, we. our last episode was released in... October is that correct it's and it a is, scary month it's February and actually we record this episode is being recorded on October something what was the date shit uh, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're, we're just going to save this and intentionally not release it for four months <laughs> just to mess with you all <laughs> I hope the queen doesn't die me neither she's the best um, did that happen during the break I don't remember I, know. I feel
2: like that was a <laughs> while ago
1: Man, I mean, a lot has changed and nothing has changed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. w- I guess w- to help explain a little bit of the break, you know, obviously there were the holidays, but there were also some big life changes like job changes. Mal and I moved across Portland to the far and distant suburbs, the frozen, frozen west <laughs> of the the Portland metro area. And we went on vacation too. Mal mm. and I went to Hawaii. Cody, Stella, you guys we went, went somewhere, vacation. didn't
2: you? We went to Mexico.
1: The frozen west uh, of yep. just as like you said for the the Portland suburbs, I believe
0: people call Mexico the frozen west as That's, well. Yes, yeah, it's so icy, frigid.
2: It was wonderful. We had a great time.
0: And if we could have taken every listener with us, we would have. And I'm very sorry that none of you came to meet us at the airport.
2: One day when we've become superstars we will have a freaks and creeks cruise similar to star trek and everyone can come and we'll just cruise on creeks
1: yes yep up and down
0: (laughs) very small creeks we'll tear flowers out of each other's gardens and hand them to each other as a romantic gesture i can't wait god did i miss this show man i know
2: that's the thing like so you know we were on this break i don't think we really anticipated it would be this long. It Mm -mm. just kind of ended up that way. Um, But it really had me missing Dawson and the gang. I don't know about Dawson. Dawson? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I'll take that back. Um, (laughs) But I definitely was missing the show and was starting to feel very excited to start watching it again and be with you all to talk about it. So I am very happy to be back.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, the... The show ended on such a strange note with season one's finale. I I think, you know, I was excited to watch more of the show, but immediately starting season two, I'm just like even more excited to see where the show's going to go. The jumping quality is obviously immediately noticeable from the visuals and the audio. Insane. I feel like the show is written a a little bit better but still it's clearly dawson's creek um and i'm just really looking forward to seeing where they're going to take this season of the show Uh, because i feel like now they have more leeway they've proven themselves right the season one curse of you know a studio kind of driving it into the ground has been broken they've into season two renewed and they have twice the episodes this season Yeah, there's such a level of confidence
0: that I feel like is in this pilot, or not the pilot, but this first episode of season two, compared to the pilot, because, you know, the first season, I I feel like they were just treading water the entire time, they did not know if they would get a renewal, I don't really know the ins and outs of every single detail that was going along with that, but you can tell just from watching season one, that nothing happened and everything happened Mm -hmm. at the exact same time, they were very hesitant to actually progress the story. And if you really were to watch like the first episode and then the last episode, you could probably get by without like knowing anything that happened in between because right. they were the yeah. exact same characters. Yeah. Whereas this, uh, that we're about to jump into, the first episode of season two feels like, oh, we are on a trajectory. Like there are storylines yeah. that are being built as we speak. We're going places. It feels good. I right. am excited.
1: And I like that they didn't just like, Sometimes when you come back from a show, especially with a weird first season where they didn't really do a lot, that first episode, they're like, hey, none of that stuff happened. Yeah, let's just <laughs> pretend season one wasn't a thing. And uh, yeah, everybody's different. Weird. I like that they didn't do that with this one. Like, we're starting literally the second after the finale mm-hmm. ended for season one and all the same actors are here. They all have strange new hair. <laughs> but, but So many
3: hairstyle <laughs> changes in less than 24 hours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it feels like they're not throwing everything out. They're being yeah. respectful of the shitty first season three. Head, but still they're being respectful of it. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, just that that boost in post-production though, or like like I feel like the coloring is different. Yeah, like yeah. Cape side feels coloring. so much more vibrant. Yeah. And uh you can it, see
3: more of yeah. textures of things too, I feel
0: like. Yeah, and the, the editing feels tighter and it seems like the pacing is more tempered. It doesn't feel as chaotic and uh unintentionally camp right. as uh, season one. Mm-hmm. This feels like an, an actual TV show instead of like a dream of a TV
1: show. Right. Yeah, without further ado, should we just start talking about the episode? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this week we are talking about season 2, episode 1, The Kiss, which first aired on October the 7th of 1998. Five months post the finale of season one. Well, the synopsis of this week's episode is Dawson and Joey embark on a romance as Jennifer tries to cope with the loss of her grandfather. And this was written by the dynamic duo of Dawson's Creek, which was uh, John Harmon Fellman on, on writing and directed by David Semel. These two, I feel like, I mean, if I can remember from our, fin- our season one wrap up, they were pretty much the most featured people in the production crew and fittingly enough they're the first people in the door Um, I did see it was produced by Dana Barata as well so yet another returning face not surprising to see um, and this episode has just about everything. We've got our first new character mere moments into season two. We've got sunrise haircuts for just about everybody on the cast, and we've also got twisting words into some very salty little word pretzels. So I love this episode. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty strong start.
0: Uh, my like, my only criticism, other than like the obvious things of like Dawson's Creek that like kind of like hamper it, but is uh. Jen, once again, feels like a character that's not really moving anywhere. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You you have Michelle Williams, who, like I've said a million times before, is such an incredible actor. Um, just watch Manchester by the Sea if you just want to see just in, like an incredible performance. Like She's so fucking good. And in this, it's just like, they know she's good at crying, so that's yeah. the only thing we're going to do. We're just going to have her uh, weep and be sad, and that's such a waste of such an amazing, amazing actor. Um, but aside from that, um, we get uh, the new character of Andy, which uh, I thought personally was a great foil to Pacey's antics and yeah. um, very much reminded me of the Rosa Brooklyn Nine-Nine meme where it's, uh, I've only had this thing for uh, an hour and a half or whatever, but I would kill um, everyone and myself to protect it. Or like, you know, it's mm. just like, I love Andy. Like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. so good. I'm so stoked. <laughs> Abby Morgan, who who gives a shit? I love Andy now. <laughs> Um and also, uh, I was in love with Ali Larder as a child. Oh, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. Uh but she's like such a nineties queen, like yeah. Final Destination, varsity blues, mm-hmm. House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Um love seeing her in this.
1: So yeah, I, I'm pumped on this. Interesting. I was wondering why she looked familiar. Yeah, okay, she's cool. A lot in the
2: nineties. Legally blonde. Oh. Yeah, cool. legally blonde, yeah.
1: Uh Heroes Season One. <laughs> I feel like we we talk about Final Destination a surprising amount. So is, <laughs> I mean, it's got to have come up several times at this point.
2: So, yeah, I uh, enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I'm really excited for more, just in general, I want more Pacey and more Jen. Yeah. Um, like, I I don't know. I, I, I've asked this before. And have wondered, you know, how much were people really wanting this Dawson and Joey relationship? But I just feel like I don't care. Like I I'm over it. Like I I wanna see other relationships and stories for all these people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I you know, it's probably gonna go on and off for a while, Dawson and Joey, and and I just have to get over that.
3: Yeah, I had kind of a similar feeling. I'm like already tired of beyond friendship relationship between them
1: yeah it doesn't help that they really leaned heavily into i think the relatable aspect of teenage relationships where you're just like oh you don't you don't you said that so you don't you must not like me okay you don't like me you know like (laughs) constantly like blowing everything way out of proportion but they did that like way too much in this mm-hmm. episode. Um so that was my biggest criticism is like yes we did we took all of these big leaps forward with the production quality. It feels like it's written better, it's shot better, um it seems directed better as well. Like the performances feel a lot more authentic instead of just like Joey rolling her eyes constantly. But then at the same time we're still doing the exact same shit which is like Annoying teenage antics that mm. are beaten way over the head over and over and over again. Maybe it's just the postmodernism we've seen it all, so we're like. But I don't know. That was my. I was like, damn, can we get away from this? I also that that
0: kind of reminds me because the season one was like a, a mid season. Greenlit. Like, they they really had to rush everything. So, I wonder if that's it, too. It's like, first season was rushed. They probably only did like one take of everything. It was like, fuck it, we got to move on. Uh, But now with season two, it's like maybe they had a little time to actually prepare stuff. I mean, like, all the shots feel like way better blocked this episode. Mm. And
1: it seems like there's more thought going into everything. Mm-hmm. So, I have a thought on that that I want to... Oh, sorry, no. is it the same thing you were mm-hmm. going to say? I have a thought on them getting to take multiple takes of something and being a little bit more rehearsed. I'll, I'll introduce it's going to be in Act 3, maybe cool. even Act 4. So I'll, I'll put a pin in that.
3: I just wanted to mention my one of my favorite things about the episode was how they dealt with different hairstyles in yeah. the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we had, the of course, the Frosted Tips in Pacey, which apparently he was filming some other... Shows or movies at the time, uh, and that's where that came from. Um, and then of course, Jen has this like hide a haircut thing that they're trying to hide, oh my God, you know, yeah. it's like obviously yeah, it's like rough. very short. Um, and then Joey, I think Joey was the only one that her hair grew a mm-hmm. little bit,
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: so that was kind of fun. And then, yeah, just
1: Dawson's weird hair, I mean, yeah. it's like,
3: and his like t- it's like he's like a tiny trim, it's like yeah, a, you can like tell it was trim, yes. but.
1: It, it looks reason, a lot better could have than it. They
3: tousled it a little. Yeah,
1: yeah. It does look a lot better. It's not yeah, just like exactly. helmet hair. It's kind of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody looks so grown up. Look at our children. You know, know got, <laughs> oh my god, they're now like they ten only, years older than us. Yeah. But they're That's our
0: good. kids. <laughs> now they look uh, thirty-five instead of forty. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, I was. Oh, I did want to talk about the number one song during Do this it. time, and and also. Okay, so the number one song when the episode released was First Night by Monica on, Great her, song. on her The Boy Is Mine album, right? Yes. So, in, in the five months of this break, three of those five months, uh, Brandy and Monica's Boy Is Mine song was number one. Wow. For, Love that song like the majority so of this break, which is funny because The Boy Is Mine about two, they're fighting between. You know?
0: hmm. <laughs> interesting. Yes, interesting. There was something in the water in right.
3: 1998. <laughs>
0: Starting immediately where we last left our heroes, Dawson and Joey are kissing in Dawson's room. Joey emotes trepidation, but Dawson gives her another longing smooch to wash away any regrets. The next day, Bessie squeezes the deets out of Joey over what went down that previous night, just as Pacey does with Dawson while they get their hair done at 7 in the morning before school. (laughs) Feeling inspired by Dawson's machismo, Pacey requests some frosted tips and proclaims his intentions to woo senior cheerleader Christy Livingston. Later, when Pacey tries to impress Christy from his brother's cop car, he accidentally collides with a young woman named Andy McPhee. (gasps) Believing Pacey to be an actual cop, she pleads for his forgiveness, and after a brief interrogation, lets her leave. At school, Joey reveals that she has decided to bail on her opportunity to go to study abroad in France, choosing to stay with Dawson over the summer. As she's still apprehensive over this new relationship, Dawson attempts to woo her by inviting her on a date at the Rialto's final screening that coming Saturday night. As if parachuting in from the ether, Jen pops in to let everyone know that her grandfather has (laughs) passed away and lets them know that she's leaving school that day to mourn. Dawson goes after her to provide emotional support and Joey is left to agonize by the lockers. And lest we forget Mitch and Gail who are seen still picking up the pieces of their rocked marriage from last season with Mitch not falling for Gail's mourning attempts at seduction.
1: Mousers. So you all may have noticed we have a slightly new approach to our show. We're going to be summarizing the full act and then diving into the scenes in a more conversational style. So that was multiple scenes there. But man, the first act of the show sets up the season quite well, I feel like. I mean, the things that I thought were interesting, uh, is obviously, like I talked about, the... Immature talk that this whole first act is just filled with on all sides, right? We've got Joey and Dawson who are just bickering about everything and twisting each other's words no matter what. We've got Mitch and Gail who cannot seem to talk about anything meaningful, right? They're just like (laughs) avoiding each other. She's just trying to seduce him and he's trying to do anything he can to get away. Um, And uh, like even Bessie and Joey, uh, Dawson and Pacey, everybody is just talking around things. I feel like that really sets up probably what we're going to see a lot of this season is like everybody mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to communicate.
2: Yeah. No. I, uh, I was yeah. pretty surprised um, in the first scene that, like, so we see, you know, Dawson and Joey communicating extremely poorly and immaturely, but that. In Are that- you calling
1: me immature? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. It was. <laughs> It was it was rough. It was like, "Oh god, this is the same fucking yeah. shit." But then it immediately turns around. Yeah. And that like Dawson became very confident and was able to like pursue what he wanted mm-hmm. right away. So it seemed like he they had like learned from their mistakes almost pretty quickly. So I was like, "Oh, this is a nice change." So that gave me some hope.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was about to jump out of that window with her when she was running yes. for her and he was like, Is he if he lets her go and we just keep this going? But then he yeah. <laughs> grabs her and they one. It almost feels like a parody
1: of season one. Right. Like if yeah. they were to actually let that happen. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's almost like they're being like, Remember when we were like this? Well, we're not like that anymore. Watch us mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> oh, can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> don't like that. And that, was, that was actually an audio clip you just pulled, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was a clip from them kissing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of audio clips, I didn't capture this, but I love that we immediately get the song Say Goodnight by Beth Nielsen oh, yeah. Chapman. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is setting up th- what we see played out through the rest of this episode, and I'm hoping through the rest of the season, but... Good music that is recognizable and familiar. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I mean, also a good amount of weird scoring that they have done themselves, just like in season one with like weird blues and g- guitar oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff that feels like it should be in Firefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, later yeah. when they're when they're doing
0: the cross uh, cutting between uh, yes. Bessie and Joey and uh, oh God, yeah. Dawson and Faye getting their hair done, uh, <laughs> it's like first starts with that like. And then it turns like into more like bluesy kind of stuff. I actually
3: there's a few there were a few scenes where they have that in this episode.
0: Oh
1: Oh, yeah, it's a theme that they they return to quite a bit. And (laughs) I actually would like to introduce. uh, It's going to be the the sequel to Hamilton. It's going to be the next big musical to hit Broadway. Um, And I think you're really going to like it. Here's the first intro to the first song. Mm. Okay. Now wait a second. Where were you last night? Nowhere.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Possums, start talking.
0: You know, I knew there was a reason you got me up this morning for the morning trip. (laughs) So go on, set the stage. I want details.
1: Um, well, it's hard to explain. It was. in a word? (laughs) Hot. Extremely hot.
2: This does remind me of Greece, that, right? Oh yeah, yes. like Doesn't absolutely.
3: It feel like yeah, yeah like be... they were gonna break out into song. He,
1: oh, whoops! It's, nope. playing. it's playing again. Sorry. <laughs> At Any uh, moment,
3: and it's the the contrast of like the girls and the guys, you know. Yes. Which, on that note, I like that they have the girls changing a flat and the guys are in yes. the salon. Oh you know, yeah, that you is kind fun. of think it would be you know right. typically someone Ooh. might write the opposite where the girls are in the salon chatting and the guys are you know like
1: doing manly things. Attire, yes. But so, so, it
3: was switched.
0: <laughs> oh my! God. This I oh uh, we'll talk about it later. But I feel like there's so many good parallels in this episode between characters that are kind of like you know like uh, it's playing off of each other. And another thing that I was thinking about with the gender swap of things is uh, in that morning, uh, it's Gail, the one that's trying to seduce Mitch. She's trying to solve totally, their relationship yeah. with sex, which is mm. I feel like normally you would think of that as like the guy is just like. Well, uh, I'll we'll just have sex and that will make things better. I feel like that's how Cody talks to me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that is. That's actually my a lot of (laughs) listeners uh, who listen to the show like Cody. You change your voice for the show because we all know you for making a big dumb voice like this. This is (laughs) this is how I usually
1: talk to all the (laughs) people,
0: but no one wants to hear that. Uh, (laughs) But I do like that gender swap. I feel like. Pointed. That's good.
1: I like Yeah. That. I didn't notice that, but that's a good point. That's really cool. And I just, I mean, the, I was just blown away by the sunrise haircuts. That yeah. it, not only is it Dawson and Pacey in there getting their haircut, but there's also another student in there getting their <laughs> yeah, haircut, it's like Christy. The high school,
3: like the high school spot to yeah. get your haircut. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: everyone. what? I, I mean, it's got
3: to be like 7 a.m. It's got to right? be. has to be. Yeah. Or what earlier, time, yeah. Or what time did? 630?
0: What time did school start for you in high school? Hey, it, it was seven fifty. Was first. Bell. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: like nine eight,
1: for me, but really, Whoa, Whoa. oh yeah. Whoa. big flex. Private school oh. over here. Spoiled. Yeah. I was I was home Miss Homecoming Queen, and my school they start <laughs> <served laughs> at nine a.m. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for me, it was seven twenty-five.
1: So if I were to uh, yeah, wow. get my hair down to be like five thirty-six, yeah. And if you had to get your tips frosted, oh my I God,
0: mean, geez, yeah.
3: yeah. That's true, it
0: takes a while. Uh, also, one thing with uh, G- Gail trying to seduce Mitch, she's mm-hmm. about to blow him, and she says this line, she says, this act plays underwater, too, when she's, like, moving down. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Is she playing to his interest in making a water-themed
1: restaurant?
3: That's what oh, I thought, the
1: kelp. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. M- surprise it didn't work. Uh, he, you know... Underwater? I, th- I think... <laughs> It's because oh, yeah. he's turned into a Ken doll and his pee pee has gone away.
2: Oh, that's yeah. so sad. Also, I was like pretty
3: surprised how built he was. I
0: don't, yeah. I don't know if he looks see. like super yeah. huge.
3: He, ha- he was ripped. Um, can we talk about the new intro?
1: Oh, <laughs> my God. Yes, we have yes. to. Yes. So I want to know what everyone's awesome. favorite
3: part of the new intro is.
1: I like the part where Pacey reaches out to Joey like he did in season one's intro where he goes before the bow, but instead of doing a bow, he falls backwards (laughs) because he's a funny guy. I agree. Very funny. I I love that he's keeping that theme. I hope every season he He just does does
0: like an iteration of that Dramatic, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's
3: kind of like how he was rejected by (laughs) Joey, you know? Yes. Always. Yeah.
0: I really like that in season one. This footage was done. It looked like sixteen millimeters, so it was like film. Mm, And mm. but this one is uh, straight to video. It's VHS footage, so it's like a. It feels like more of like a. Because I don't, I can't imagine a fifteen-year-old actually having a film camera to like shoot right. something. Right. It'd be really expensive. Yeah, it would make more sense for him to shoot straight to tape. Totally. So it feels more natural for Dawson's world to have something that's like VHS right. of them like filming a little beach mm-hmm. getaway. But it also makes it look like a Dogma ninety five movie f- from the nineties, <laughs> mm-hmm. where uh, yeah. it's like Lars von Trier and it's very scary. Um, yes, or yeah. like Michael Henneke's like Benny's video or something. Like I, like it creeps me out whenever I watch it
1: feels very yeah. of the time, which yeah. is also mm-hmm. good instead of like this weird 60 millimeter throwback like you're saying, mm-hmm. right? Like doesn't feel like it's from the 90s. It's also, I wonder if that's also, because like
0: film, film grain makes everything so much more like warmer yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, and, and VHS is uh, like very cold and like a distant kind of texture to an image. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they're trying to make a point of like season two, like these characters might drift apart. If it's trying to, I don't know if it's yeah. trying to say anything more other than being like more just like trying to be like realistic to what it might be like to be a kid and you're mm. filming a little getaway mm. each day. I don't know.
3: Totally.
2: I don't know. I'm sorry.
3: I I don't have
2: it memorized in my head yet. We can circle back <laughs> next time. Thank
3: you. Thank <laughs> you. But I was, so my, fav, my favorite part is where Pacey and Joey are like shimming together, oh, their yeah. shoulders—they're mm. like on like some dock pole or something—and they're just like, yeah, like dancing. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love that. And also, of course, when Joey has her arms open with the song that's yes, oh like, yes, and she has
1: a two on her shirt, mm-hmm. season two had to be intentional. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> um. Well, let's talk about uh, in school when Dawson and Joey see each other after they're you know they've slept on it um one at first was anybody else confused I thought that Pacey, sorry Joey I thought that Joey slept over at Dawson's house so I was really confused when they weren't in the same bed they you know we, we see the montage of them yeah. like all waking up and stuff at first I was like is this like a pullout couch somewhere in <laughs> Dawson's house but no it's it's at Joey's house, yeah, yeah. of course. I think it is a pull-out couch. So, it it yeah. definitely seems like it. Um, but then they get to school and they're just so like, just like cheesing so yeah. hard, just staring at each other like, They're hey. love drunk. <laughs> Hi. Well, I,
0: I don't, because they didn't sleep together because she says that line, like, let's sleep on it. And not he, together. not, yeah, not, not together. Yeah, not together. Yeah, But I don't know. Yeah, loved that montage though of them waking up and smiling. Mm-hmm. set to fastball.
4: Yep. Yes, was that on my
0: head? Was that on my mind?
1: What a song.
2: Uh, also, we have Andy.
1: Oh my god! Yes. What oh, a great man.
2: introduction. Yes.
0: But I so like her introduction sequence with Pacey with the car is uh, like, what is his plan? Because he, he has said earlier that he wants to go with Christy Livingston and, and like so is he gonna pretend to be a cop? Does he want to look cool because he's in the cop car? That's my also, thought. Also,
3: why did he wait till she is like up the street? She walks right by his window yeah. car window and he waits for did he want to yeah, like drive up drive up next to her? I don't know. It was very confusing.
2: And also does his family know that he's driving around in a cop car? No. No, he later no. says that. Yeah.
0: Doesn't he? Where he's like
1: well, he definitely says something, something about my dad's going to kill me yeah, when he finds yeah. out. So, yeah. But that's after he gets hit. So, But presumably it's because they don't know he took it. At I'm least that's sure, how I, yeah.
3: Based on how, how it seems like his family treats him, they yeah. they wouldn't let him...
1: But it, it does the beg the question, around, I don't know. what was he expecting to happen here? Because, uh, in, in either interaction the, on the street there, right? When, when Christy walks by, he's like, Christy! And then he tries to pull out. What does he expect to happen here? But then also when Andy hits his car, he's like, I'm going to take away your license right now. Ooh. He, let's say that he does that. How does that help the situation that he just got hit in? How is that going to help him explain <laughs> the fact that his car was just T-boned? Yeah, how is it going to help him get out of trouble? I just don't understand what the no, thought think, process was.
3: I think in that moment he was just like, "I'm going to get like he." You could see his his a switch where he was like, "Oh, I'm totally going to like play with this girl because she thinks I'm a cop."
1: <laughs> yeah, but I have a very important question here for this scene where we're talking about them on the street. It's the introduction of Andy. We get to see Pacey in his, I mean, final form. He's got frosted tips ah. and a bowling shirt on. And those, <laughs> and bag- and and those aviators. and baggy <laughs> pants yeah. you've ever seen. You could fit three people in those pants yeah. and they'd still have room.
3: How low can you say?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I need to ask you, Cody. Mm. How conflicted did you feel when your favorite band in the entire world, Fish, was used not only in an episode of Dawson's Creek, Mm -hmm. but in a scene with Pacey pretending to be a cop.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What a great question. Uh,
1: first off a cab, uh,
0: second of all, uh, here's the thing. Okay. So, uh, this episode comes out in October of 1998 earlier that year, uh, in April, uh, Fish did a four-night string of shows called, uh, people called Island Tour. Uh, And this is like, people say it's the gold standard of late 90s fish. Uh, This is where they did two shows in Staten Island and then two in Rhode Island. Everybody got a bowl cut. Everyone got a bowl cut. Um, But here's the thing. So when they're in Providence, Rhode Island, they do Birds of a Feather and earlier, James and I, we were talking about this song, and this is a song, usually they don't really jam too hard on it. Uh, it's usually like a type one jam. They just kind of play along with uh, you know, what the basic structure of the song is. But on the April 4th show, they did like a big monster jam on right. it. It was like a 15-minute one. It's sick as hell. If anyone's trying to get into Fish, check out Island Tour. Uh, but I thought it was pointed that that was at a Rhode Island show, and when he asks for her driver's license. Yeah. It's a Rhode Island oh, driver's license. Yeah. Good connection. Totally. So I'm wondering: Is there someone in a part of the Dawson's Creek production that is also super into fish, or there's yeah. a head in general for jam mm-hmm. music? And uh, they wanted to tie that together because it was like it was like almost immediately after Island Tour, everyone was like, "Oh, this is like the like." Crowning achievement of like recent fish outings.
2: Do you think Mike White is a fish head?
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> Mike White's cool, so he does not like fish. Uh, only people that look like me like fish.
2: <laughs> what do they
3: call fish fans?
0: Uh, they call them fans, pH.
3: Oh, right, right, right. Oh, of course
0: Ugh. they do. Yeah. Uh, for those that can't see, Stella uh, is Annie vomiting in the corner.
3: McPhee has a yes. pH in her name.
1: She certainly does. <laughs> mm. I bet if you looked at her birth certificate, it's an F. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a weird song
0: choice though because that song is more of like the relationship of an artist to their fans, and it's kind of like making fun of yeah. fans for being. Um, well, if you've ever seen a fish fan, you would make fun of them too. <laughs> so uh, I don't really know why that was a choice. But hearing fish in the show made me laugh out loud. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked.
2: By it. it was pretty unreal. Like, so we watched this episode. I think yeah, right away after we recorded the finale for season one. And I just remember watching that, and the notes of fish, yeah. lighting up Cody's eyes,
1: tears streaming down his face, yeah, just like that cool place. Uh, more
0: importantly, these characters, yeah. uh, I just, Andy. Oh,
3: oh, sorry, no.
0: Oh, I just really like the idea when Pacey is uh, like giving her shit about what could have possibly happened. and He's like, you could have yeah. run over a cat, a child, yeah. or a nun. Yeah, <laughs> what a jump. Yeah. Cute.
3: Um, does anyone want to guess how old? So the the actress who plays Andy, Meredith Monroe. Did anyone look up how old she is? Mm-mm.
1: Meredith okay. Monroe.
3: Meredith Monroe. <laughs> not to be confused not Marilyn. with Marilyn. Yeah, not to be. Okay. Um, so guesses, just guess.
1: I'm
0: um, gonna say 28. Mm. She looks like an
1: older young person. Yeah, I'm gonna say 36. Oh, wow. God, I'm gonna go for a crazy one.
3: That would be me, 36. I, I'm glad I look that young.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm staying out of this, okay? Like,
3: <laughs> I, I can't believe that I in would
1: high have school. thought you're 17.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that you're 36. That's wild. You're in 37 a couple no. weeks. No, a couple weeks. That's wild. <laughs> She looks 14. She looks 14. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my guess is that she is
3: 33. Cody, you win. 28? 28. 28. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 28 years old. She's old. A- I think so far she's the oldest in, in the crew, like the crew of high schoolers. And she's, <laughs> the, yeah.
1: What, they're sophomores?
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: So that's 15.
3: I think, I think, um,
1: Jen says
0: she's 16 in this
1: episode. Right, oh. And,
3: um, yeah, they're around, like, 19 to 20, 21, the, the core group, I think.
0: Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So who would ever believe 15-year-old Pacey's a cop?
3: I know, I know, yes. right? Like, <laughs>
2: one, he's dressed absurdly. Yes. Like, yeah. what cop?
0: He's a bowling <laughs> what, clown. What
2: fucking cop is driving around in a bowling shirt? And, yeah, I just couldn't believe that she completely thought that he right? was, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's like she didn't notice what he was wearing, just that he, you know, and he, yeah. can, he, he probably, you know, he is his dad's a cop, so he knows the demeanor, and he kind of shifts oh, def- into that, yeah. like... I you think know, you can
1: see the moment yeah. where he actually does that because she says something like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, officer, and Pacey does this does look around switch. where he's like, she officer, actually thinks oh, I'm oh, right, yeah. I'm the officer. <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of, like, puffs his... Show. You know, it's like, I, that's what I was talking about about the direction was better because I think in mm-hmm. season one, that would have not... That little interaction mm. may have been completely missed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I thought that... Like his performance as a cop is so laughable. If that's what happened, I would have been like, "Wait, maybe we should call the police. Maybe we should get an officer here. I think you need backup." Uh, <laughs> or,
0: oh, oh uh, just an, another thing too is. Um, Andy for the rest of the episode is like shown to be very witty and silly and fun and with it and smart and so it's hard for me to believe that her introduction to this is her falling for uh,
1: a tiny little bowling clown uh, to be a police officer. Yeah, she is so capable. Yeah, as she demonstrates later, that Mm -hmm. it's like, how did you fall for this now? But to be fair, I'm also so deathly afraid of cops that if I got pulled over and if
0: and it was. Just legitimately, uh, Joshua Jackson as a fifteen-year-old right. wearing aviators <laughs> in
1: the same outfit. I'll just be like, "Yes, sir. Anything and you want, she sir."
3: Just got her license, so mm-hmm, yeah, nervous. I just, you know, new, new in town. I have I don't to know. go
1: back to Pacey though because he knows he goes to Cape Side High. He realistically yeah. knows that Cape Side has one high school. Maybe it has a private school. Maybe that's never been addressed. So anyway, he looks at her driver's license, sees that they're the same age, and has to know I'm going to be seeing you at school yeah, but it's later. Pacey. And I know, but <laughs> yeah. fuck? How did he think that so, through? You so know? do we
3: think we're we're getting set up for a relationship between of them? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Okay, no yeah. doubt in my yeah. mind. Once we see them he's later, shoot a
3: shot with Christy, and then there's mm-hmm. Andy. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Exactly. We all play uh, play a armchair psychologist and try <laughs>
0: to like diagnose Pacey because like he's so impulsive, he's oh, afraid man. to be himself. Like there's like all these like interesting things about him. Like what makes him the way he is? Uh, besides like obviously his family life is horrible. And uh, he's like isolated in his friend yeah. group, and like all these other things. Um, but there's just like, what's going on with Pacey? Too much fish. Too much fish. There it is. That's yeah. all.
2: Um, real quick before I know we previously just talked about the um love drunk interactions between Dawson and Joey. Um, Joe, uh, fucking Dawson saying that he would be aroused.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God.
2: What, does Joey say it first? She, no,
1: he says it first. He says it. I've got Ugh. the clip right here if Paper, you want to hear it. They're
2: in the hall, like in the yeah. yes, talking yeah. about Father a movie date at, at school. Oh, and and the fact that she didn't go to France. We yeah. need to talk about that. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, the biggest mistake of her life. I got that clip as well. But here, let's take a listen.
0: I think I might have made the biggest mistake of my life.
4: France. I told Mister Allard I just wasn't going to go.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. ah. Oh, so Joey Potter's taking on Cape Side for some guy. Yeah, maybe if you're
3: lucky,
1: I'll introduce okay. you to him sometime. Oh, okay. I hate his laugh in that moment. <laughs> He's like, <laughs>
0: I mean, we, uh, I think we all agreed that our experience with Dawson so far in the is that he is a selfish, uh, prick, uh, mm-hmm. and this like. His reaction to this is yes. like so one-sided. Like his reaction should have been like, "Wait, what? Yeah. Why?" Yeah. Uh, but instead he's like, "Yippee! Yeah, I get yeah, to have yeah. fun this
1: summer." And then to immediately be like, "Baby, I got a I got a big boinger going on downtown. <laughs> yeah. I'm aroused, baby. I'll be aroused all week. Don't worry. I just can't wait to fuck you in a movie theater." Yes. It's like, "Dude, whoa. Chill the fuck out." <laughs> Yeah, that was a tough
0: one. Uh, a lot of like weird, uh, not innuendo. Innuendo no. is supposed to be like, oh, yeah. we're gonna like skate around it, but in this, they're very much like, mm-hmm. I have an erection. Yes, <laughs> like, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if we acted like pornographic actors? Yes, that stuff like this just so direct.
1: Yeah, yeah. we are gonna go to a hotel and fuck hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Yeah, especially for a show that used to be so stylized with its dialogue that it sounded like a noir movie or something (laughs) you'd think I'm
1: wondering what the purpose of this is my guess is it's supposed to demonstrate just how like young and naive and overly sexualized kids are in the 90s for sure because these kids have no idea what a relationship is but as soon as they are entering into one they're like yeah now we can just talk about how horny we are fucking all the time this is all this is like the benefit we get that's what they think a relationship is which makes sense for Dawson, because that's what his parents do. But strange. I hated when Dawson leans into Joey's head and he's like,
4: He's uh, a very lucky guy. <laughs>
1: like, are man. you going to kill me now? <laughs> Why is there a knife against my neck, mister? Please leave me alone. Very yucky. <laughs> Why does it smell like spoiled <laughs> milk? Very yucky. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very yucky guy.
4: <laughs> he's a very aroused.
2: No, thank you.
1: Uh,
2: well, and then at the end of the scene, we have Jen
1: oh,
2: coming up, or Jen. This, <laughs>
1: talking about dead Gramps. This is the moment where they're like, "Jen, how are you?" and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Bad."
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this wh-
3: I kind of forgot at this point. Like, I forgot that no one else knows yet that Gramps died. Oh, like, know.
1: It, yeah, that's the moment when I was like. Oh my God, this is all, it's last night. Everybody right. got their haircut. Yeah. Gramps just died. <laughs> Every, everything has happened in less than 24 hours. What? This is the busiest day in all of Cape Side. Yeah. Like their entire history has been like, well, there was a boat that arrived once. <laughs> oh yeah, some high schoolers decided to make a movie, and then a grandparent died, and everybody got a haircut in the same day. <laughs>
0: Again, like, earlier I said the Jin only exists for exposition in this episode, and her like, whole sequence here is such a, like, dumb and dumber big gulps, huh? All right, see you later. Like, she's just like, hey, guys, well, Graham's dying. I don't want to be at school anymore. Well, see you later. Yeah. So, what the fuck? I didn't even get a time, a second to think what you did. Yeah. (laughs) Big disappointment.
1: Why Mm -hmm. didn't she just call in to, I mean, I know she says, I thought I could make it, but clearly I couldn't. I feel like in the moment it's because she sees Dawson and Joey, because right. they're literally about to mm-hmm. kiss when they see her, and later yeah. she does say, "Like the thought of you together makes me sick." So yeah, and at the yeah. end of season one, it ends with that low that that long pull shot of the them kissing in the window, and I remember thinking in the moment, "Is that what J- what Jen but is she, seeing?" And now I'm wondering, like, I don't know how much she knew going into the day if she did actually see that, and then she, I don't know, you know, yeah. poor Jen, she's. Off, like a super tragic character, (laughs) Mm -hmm. not even a character. No, just like a cardboard
0: cutout with a pull string, and all it says is, "I'm depressed."
1: Yes, Mm.
2: I do feel worried about her, like I I feel like she's on a very quick Mm -hmm. downward spiral. And yeah, yeah, by the end of this episode, it's
1: yeah. There's some comments she makes for her exactly the the tail end of the episode. They're just like, "Yikes!" Wouldn't fly today, I don't think, but.
0: Well, nope. We'd be remiss to not talk about one very specific cool. mention in this episode. Oh. While they were getting their hair done, Pacey says a little something about Will They Won't They characters in other TV shows. He mentions Sam mm-hmm. and Diane from Cheers, Cheers, but he very importantly says Mulder and Scoldie
1: from the X-Files. Yes. Do you think this has to
0: do with the paranormal
1: activity happening in Cape Capeside? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. yes. In fact, I have a new theory. Oh my okay? god! Okay, I've been doing a lot of research, and guys, look, I have to admit something. I don't think vampires actually exist, and I think the likelihood that Cape Side is full of vampires is very slim. Mm. I I've seen some documentation that has come to light, but I have another theory. Oh my god! here? I think Cape Side is actually just a bunch of clones. <gasps> Because they're all white and they all look the same and they're all dressed the same. I think that this is some kind of weird science experiment gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And Dawson and Joey, you know, they might just be a simulation or maybe they're the only two real people and everybody else is a simulation. But I'm pretty sure that we're in some kind of weird fabricated Truman Show type environment here. I love the idea of clones. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's like a never
0: let me go thing or like Star Wars part two attack of the clones
1: also feels very in line with Mulder and scully this is like the they're testing to see if they're if they're sentient if they're aware let's drop in Mulder and scully because they talk about clones and aliens in that show if they realize that we're all clones and aliens this will snap them out of it but it doesn't so we're continuing to dream in the dawson's creek land uh can we please do a chat
0: GPT prompt uh Mulder and Scully go to Cape Side. Oh, that is a
1: really good idea. Oh my God. I would love to hear what they have to say. Stay can, tuned for our next radio drama. <laughs>
0: I can almost hear the dialogue in my head of Scully being like, I don't really understand Mulder. Everyone seems happy. Everything's fine. And him being like, Scully, you didn't notice that everyone looks identical to each other?
1: Yeah. You didn't notice that they all blink at the same time? <laughs> and it makes a flapping sound. Similar <laughs> <word> to kissing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how they kiss. <laughs> Okay, well, shall we take our very first break of season two? Get me out of here. Okay, well, we'll see you on the other side. Go play in the snow. Yay.
4: Yay!
0: At Capeside High, Andy realizes Pacey is just some doofy student and rightly accosts him over impersonating a cop. Pacey acts sassy until he realizes she has an in with Christy. Andy tells him she'll set them up and fulfills that promise later that day when she gives him the go-ahead after he watches them talk outside and Christy agrees to a dinner date. The next day, Jen mourns silently outside and Dawson approaches her with a hot steaming bowl of soup to cheer her up and encourages her to get out of the house. He's on his way to the Rialto, and Jen makes it known that Grams will be there too. Dawson admits he's going with Joey as a date, but also confirms that he's there for Jenna's emotional support. Before he leaves, Jen gives him a longing embrace and goes, Mmm. Meanwhile, Joey is still <laughs> racking her brain over the weirdness of her relationship with Dawson, transitioning from a friendship to something more, and Bessie encourages her, while also pumping up the importance of the second kiss. Elsewhere, Gail has arrived home late and promises to Mitch that it was because of work and not for a lurid affair with her co-anchor, Bob. Although he tells her he believes her, he says he has a sudden appointment and has to leave. Later, we see him popping into the courthouse to meet with a divorce lawyer.
1: we <laughs> This is where the episode really hit its groove for me, I thought. I got a belly laugh in uh in in that first scene when they're in the high school talking about things talking about their frosted tips um here i got this clip mm-hmm. let's take a listen i genuinely can't tell you what this is so we're about mm. to find out i don't remember what i recorded let's hear you know, she probably just didn't recognize me i just had my tips frosted <laughs> you
0: had your
4: tips frosted yeah
1: That's right, okay. I just love the way Pacey delivered that line. I thought it was funny. It it really gave me a good laugh. Let's listen to it one more time. Just listen to Pacey. (laughs) He's so fucking funny. You know, she probably just didn't recognize me. I just had my tips frosted.
0: I love it! It's so funny.
1: He's a new man. He's got this confidence. I mean, fuck yeah, Pacey. I
2: also love that he's just talking to these two
3: randos that we've never seen before. Like,
1: are these great friends? Bragging
3: about, yeah, his... You know, my note is
1: literally the only thing I wrote for the scene is who the fuck is Pacey talking (laughs) to? (laughs) And I like that they're doing the generic like if we were two guys in a TV show talking to each other, we'd be like, yeah, man. I just like, (laughs) yeah, bro. Like that's (laughs) the whole conversation that Pacey is having with these two random people.
0: Now, what's the thing with the uh, sag is that like. You you can't um, like if you say a line of dialogue in a show, then they have to pay you like union dues. Mm -hmm. So like they're they're just paid extras. Yeah, they're they're not allowed to say anything.
3: Like the hair people too when they were cutting, they didn't say anything. It was a similar thing where they're like there and doing something, but not really. And you could (laughs)
1: see that moment really bad where when Pacey turns to his hairstylist and says, "I want a new look," she clearly can't say anything. But she would if she if they're sort of real. And what does she do? She's like. Like rolls her head around, which is like guess her way of acknowledging that yes, that something needs to happen. It's just so funny to me. Uh but back with the sequence, I feel like this is like the evidence that
0: uh Andy is so quick yeah. just to mm-hmm. be like, like, oh you oh, so you want an end, so blah 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 just like three D chess. She yes. knows exactly yeah. what move that she's gonna be doing in the future. Totally. I love that she just takes advantage of that. I and Hall
3: falls hook, line, and sinker for it. He's like, like, really? like You yeah. think, actually think that she's going to set you up with Christy after yeah. what you did to her. Okay. So bonkers. Like, what?
1: So gullible. He's a silly little boy. He's a silly guy. <laughs> so when Jen gets home and Grams is folding up all the clothes to go throw in the street and stomp on or whatever Jen <laughs> thinks she's going to do, j- Gramps is like, "How was school, honey?" Like, does she not realize it's been like forty-five minutes since she left? She
0: just just left. Yeah. I mean, I know like her husband of sixty years just died, but she's just like, "Oh, hi, Jennifer. How was school today?" Very chipper. Yeah. Yeah. It's eight (laughs) a.m. (laughs) Gramps, your coffee's still hot. (laughs) Love how gleeful she is holding this clothes. It Uh, it made me think. Time coming. Like if, if. if i were uh to die today tomorrow i feel stella could not be more quick to jump into my closet and just start folding all of my metal band t-shirts yeah. to get them out
1: get them out of the house very true yeah yeah well you know Grams was it seemed like Grams was wearing one of Gramps' shirt and she's got like this kind of like blanket plaid mm-hmm. shirt on like a flannel shirt and i thought Poor Grams. Like, Jen is just sitting here ripping her apart, saying, how could you do this? And not even thinking that maybe Grams is doing it because she, this is Because it helpful. was a long time coming. And, well, <laughs> like she said, it's a long time coming. But also, people <laughs> grieve in different ways, yeah. right? Like, But not to Jen. How could she? How dare you? Grams is a real cold-hearted floozy. She just wants to get rid of Grams' stuff so she can go <laughs> fuck random men in the movie theater. I cannot believe Jen pulls that out later. Mm.
0: What a... Yeah. yeah. Love Jen, but at the same time, just like, come on. Yeah. I think,
2: I think we probably talked about this in the season 1 finale. Um, but it does feel quite surprising how much of the impact she's having from his
1: death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Zero evidence of their relationship or <laughs> yeah. why yeah. she cares.
1: Well, yeah. Remember that time she cried into his chest scar? Yeah, that was ah. that was wet. <laughs> so wet.
0: <laughs> uh also, I really liked uh later on when Pacey is watching Andy uh priming uh Christie oh, up for no. their conversation. I love when Andy like passes him uh <laughs> she says, "I got her primed, and he goes, "Okay, eat cement."
3: Yeah <laughs> that was good.
0: <laughs> I love their interactions. There's just like something so much more special about. Them riffing on each other yeah. than like yeah. anything else in this show that like gets
1: me excited.
3: Yeah, and it's like instantly they're riffing. It's like they already know. I don't know. It's yeah. like you can tell there's there's chemistry already.
1: They have great there chemistry. With them. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we get this out of Pacey, and it's just like right back to his old ways. Let's take a listen to this wonderful snippet of beat poetry.
0: Once was a girl named Christy thought of her nude makes me misty oh. night on the town we'll both go get down by the end of the date she'll kiss me uh Chrissy <laughs>
1: <laughs> she probably heard all of that <laughs> he's only like 10 feet away <laughs> too. yeah uh, oh my god cringe just, the thought of her nude makes me misty why Pacey why I
3: <laughs> doesn't misty sad like,
1: well, yeah, like he's crying? overcome by emotion yeah. yeah just thinking of like, her what? nude I, how proud do you think these writers were of themselves to make that, to write that poem? And then they, they must have been proud because later on they're like, let's have him read it again. Let's
3: have him whistle with yeah. it too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God,
3: it. it's like, what? Oh.
1: I mean, jokes on us. What if we find out that uh, he improvised? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's
3: true.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That seems like something Joshua Jackson would whip out.
3: Does anyone Just remember like his dick. the yes. zigzag headbands that Christy's wearing? Did you notice that stuff? Oh, mm-hmm. I remember those. I do remember those. Circle. I don't, yeah. I didn't notice
2: Are they it. The okay. ones that
1: were like, yeah, like all a little squiggly. circle and they kind of stretch. Your and you, line go, your they have
3: like, it's kind of like a comb and you put Ooh. it in. Yeah. Those That's were, cool. those were very popular. But they yeah. really hurt. So, yes, <laughs> yes. Remember? I do yeah. remember that. Yeah.
1: I, oh, oh go ahead. Please.
3: On the hair, well, while I'm talking about hair, Gail's beehive.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Out of control.
3: Yeah. Out she of she control had time beehive. to prep that? Uh, right. Hmm. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I really, you know, earlier I was talking about how everybody in this, in act one, but, you know, throughout this episode is talking around things. I feel like this is a good example of that when Mitch and Gail are talking to each other. Listen to this. Oh, thank God. Because I just don't want you to ever have to worry again that I'm... Those days are behind us, you know that. And I would just hate for one of those old suspicions to creep.
3: That I'm dot, dot, oh, dot. Yeah,
1: she can't even say that I'm cheating, yeah. right? That, I don't, I don't... I just didn't want you to think that I'm... <laughs> 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 like, what? <laughs> and then Mitch is immediately like, yeah, don't worry about it. Anyway, see you later. Like, I don't fucking care.
0: Bye. <laughs> Do we think he already had... I mean... I, uh, yeah. it's been a while since I've gotten an official divorce. I forgot how long it takes to actually, uh, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, you can laugh, please clap. Please up. clap. Uh, but uh, d- was he already planning on going to the courthouse that day? I feel like it would, you'd have to like get an appointment in advance, like yeah. weeks or maybe months ahead well, of time. Because
3: there's two different points in this episode where he says he has an appointment, mm-hmm. right? And the
1: first one earlier that morning, yeah. and, then, and then that, and then that.
3: So, yeah, do we, you're saying, do you think like, Pre this episode, he's yeah been planning this. I don't
0: know because it seems like a reaction to her being late, right? Like that's <laughs> how it wonder. came across. Oh, yeah,
1: I mean, I really I can't know. tell. Like, I feel like th- what we can see of Mitch up to this point is that he has been very distant and conflicted. At least is how I'm mm. reading him, and maybe he made this appointment earlier in the day and uh, you know this is just but it seems like this is a surface level appointment because remember at least what we know later this episode he's like this is the first it was just the first one so potentially this is just him going to get more information about what his options are but I love (laughs) speaking of what we're talking about you know going to the divorce attorney this is probably the greatest example of show don't tell um, that has ever been written let's take a listen to this (laughs)
0: No, we specialize in divorce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we specialize in divorce, you know, for unhappy people who hate their wives.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At the very least, I mean, like, I feel like if this sequence were to happen in season one, it would have been Mitch going into an office and the lawyer actually being like, Hello, Mitch, it's me. Remember, I'm the divorce lawyer you talked to earlier today. Let's talk about your relationship (laughs) with Gail and see if we
1: can... Fix it up. Is she still cheating on you with that guy, Bob, and his big horse dick? Like, yeah, this <laughs> had more of
3: the effect of like, oh, oh yeah. that's what Mitch mm-hmm. is doing. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, that's what they, yeah.
1: They've leveled up a little bit. Yeah. Like now they're doing things a little bit, you know, more exciting. Because initially it's like, oh, is this a business meeting yeah, that like he's, he's got?
3: help. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, finally, taking out that loan. Finally, we're getting back to it yeah and next we have Jen or Dawson going over to Jen's house to deliver this
3: chicken cheese thing with way too many spices. yeah, yeah. what do you
1: what do you guys think the spices are? I think it's just salt and pepper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Grams is gonna hate it because she likes bland foods. that's so. true <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> um I mentioned that mmm earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't until like my third watch with captions mm-hmm. that I noticed that when they're hugging, At the end of the sequence, that she lets out a very subtle. Mm. (laughs) Don't like that. She she is so thirsty, which is also
3: like I still like. Also, on that note, she tells him he looks spiffy, but he's literally wearing like the exact same outfit he wears every day. Yeah, yeah.
1: like biggest t-shirt under the smallest vest. (laughs) (laughs) It's like what
0: spiffy (laughs) is? Wow, Jen's character. It is her okay? Uh-oh. Is her whole thing with this situation with Dawson like is she just like is there something about her is she used to like getting whoever she wants? So now that Dawson is not interested in her, it's yeah. like doing something to her brain where she's like, well, I have to have Dawson now because he doesn't want me. It's so like is there's like some kind of like chase because I just like still there's no evidence to me. There's no evidence for me to believe that she would want to be right. with him still. Mm-hmm. Especially after their breakup, like she, like she had all, all the validation in the world to end that relationship. Like, why is she romanticizing it now? Is it just because he's with Joey, and
3: or because she's lonely, grieving? I mean, yeah, yeah. Just part of.
1: Yeah, I think it's the grief
3: combination. Maybe
1: the grand, you know, grandpa died, make me sad, me want
3: companion boy next
1: door. He's so mm-hmm. dreamy. It was mm. really poetic. <laughs> well, that's that's the you know that's the way I break it. Also, down. I think
3: she's wearing a shirt from Dawson's closet. Oh, that's definitely. A, like, if you look at what she's wearing in that oh. scene, it's like a, a waffle knit, kind of boxy, long sleeve, like way you know, not it's like bigger, so it looks like it's from
1: yeah, like, and after his he. Shirts. You know, he, he's basically like, yeah, let go of me. I got to leave. Stop touching me. Um, and he like runs away as fast as he can after that way too long hug. And then what does she do? She like pulls the shirt up around and she's like.
4: Yeah, she kind of smells.
1: <laughs> so I think it's definitely Dawson's shirt. <laughs> That's she's broken in. You know, she climbed up the window. She's like, stinky boy shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Smells almost or, like
3: grandpa. Or is it Gramps? Gramps oh, shirt.
1: he's not stylish.
3: No, right. That's true. Yeah. Well, is Dawson stylish? (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) You saw, he's such a spiffy guy. Spiffy, spiffy, very.
2: I did um, not recognize the spot where Jen is. Did
3: anyone? No, it seemed like a new. new, Yeah, it's a sweet kind of a, a bench swing um it right there like, on the on the uh, creek kind of it looks yeah. like one
1: of those uh curbside eating things that restaurants have popped up you know on the post covid yeah, yeah. like let's take over the parking yeah. strip with this weird little like pallet with some chairs on it
3: it's a, i think it's a swing <laughs> it looks like it a looked, swing yeah, yeah looked comfy
2: yeah and this the scene that we're talking about and the next one i thought were really um
3: beautiful creek shots it made mm-hmm. me like really mm-hmm. want to live there Yes. Yeah, Bessie's pep talk to Joey. That yeah, they're kind of sitting on the dock.
1: I hate and love Bessie's outfit. Oh, the like very okay, so patchwork, patchwork tank, silk tank top. Tank, yeah. Also
3: in the truck scene, she's wearing a patchwork skirt, and mm-hmm. I really yeah. want to see her wearing both of those together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're, and her hair is <laughs> yeah. amazing. This like weird mullet thing yeah. that she's got with the very long sideburns. <laughs> Everyone looks like a clown in this episode. It's, <laughs> It's very funny, but they're giving her a new look for sure. Like this, mm-hmm. I the only thing I can think of is bohemian is yes. what they're really pushing her yeah. into. This like and hippie. Definitely
3: leaning in on that with Bessie for sure. I wonder if her baby's still alive. Yeah,
0: Jerome, what was his name?
1: Alexander. Alexander.
2: <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> um, I did really love this, this moment between Joey and Bessie. I thought it was mm-hmm. a sweet. It was very cute. Yeah. Very cute
3: moment between
2: sisters.
1: It's nice to see that after that next to no real interaction like mm-hmm.
3: well the, yeah but also earlier in the episode when she's like so yeah. what are you going to do I feel like, <laughs> like touch like, your This is the first time we've seen them act more like sisters and, yeah. versus like Bessie being the mom to Joey kind of yeah. um
1: Do you guys want to hear Bessie's fantastic advice about the second kiss Mhm Everybody at yes. home I just want you if you just had your first kiss just think about this okay
4: And that first kiss, it's the passionate
3: one. It's the one fueled by desire and attraction and all of that. But the second kiss is rational. You got time to think about it, worry, and overanalyze. Most women, they prefer that first kiss. But I'm partial to the second one.
1: Sounds like Twin Peaks music yeah, gonna, underneath uh, yeah, that. Does. Like Laura Palmer is <laughs> about to wash up on the creek behind them. Like
4: I'm dead,
1: uh, <laughs> Diane. The that loon sound effect gets yeah. me every
4: Ba-durr! time. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: where the fuck is Bodie? He's still working uh, two towns over. You know, <laughs> just stuck in traffic. So sad. They're hoping that we just forget about the one and only black character yeah. in this entire fucking is. town.
3: He's <laughs> in the Yikes. bathroom.
1: Still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The still, yeah.
3: still,
1: Is that
0: the last time that he's been mentioned? Yeah. He's like yeah. getting ready for the yeah. day in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's yeah. I wonder when or if. I know they replaced the actor with somebody else. We looked that up in season mm-hmm. one, um, but I wonder when he comes back. Is it? I can't remember if it was season two or anything. You know, but I. What this if, is So strange.
2: What if? Fun theory. In the bathroom, he found a <laughs> secret door that <gasps> leads to Narnia. Oh
1: my Aww. god. <laughs> Wait a second. What if he he is a
3: clone in Narnia?
1: Is conducting the experiment, which is why he comes back as somebody else, because he's a scientist. He went to the bathroom, went (laughs) down the toilet like in... X-Files with the guy who goes into the sewers, yes, yes and eats people's organs or whatever, but this guy, he, you know, Bodie, he doesn't do that. He just goes in there and then some other guy comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm Bodhi. Here, eat my wet noodle and just, you know, he gives him a spoonful of something to eat, but that's the drugs. that I got this. Okay, this is all coming together.
2: Um, do we or you, a- Jennifer. I was thinking about how I was just enjoying in this episode the um, amount of times Graham says, Jennifer! Oh, yes. And how it always sounds exactly
1: the yes. same. It has a stat. I, you it's know. Just... I, you count them? I, I'm a data-driven yeah, person yeah. <laughs> in my professional life. I am an analyst. And uh, so I decided, I was just curious because... It sure seemed like the only word out of Grams' mouth was Jennifer this episode. So I found the teleplay for season one, two, episode one, and I counted Grams' lines. Oh my
4: God. She has 12 lines
1: in this entire play. How many play? times do you think she says Jennifer in those 12 lines? Six. Every single time. Are you saying like every single block dialogue block that she gets? How many mentions? Yeah. I'm going to say there's a Jennifer each one it is six of 12 (laughs) lines are either entirely her just saying Jennifer or her saying something and then Jennifer.
0: Jennifer. (laughs) Jennifer. So would it be, so would it like read the script as a read like Graham's, Jennifer, Jennifer, and then there's an action line that says like she goes over to like closer to yes. the, mm-hmm. and then it's like the rest and then of Jen like, responds yes yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes 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 yeah it's pretty <laughs> cool oh, I love that also no one in this show calls her Jennifer nope, except no. for Grams mm-hmm. which yes. made me think is the HBO Max episode description written by Grams because ah, it says Jennifer, Jennifer. instead of Jennifer. And in this episode, you'll see Jennifer gets up to some good
1: You'll <laughs> see my lovely, angelic
0: granddaughter
1: Jennifer, who can do no wrong except with the neighbor boy Dawson and his pesky little pecker. <laughs> we should. <laughs> you
3: mean his thingamajig? <laughs> his
1: thingamajig.
0: Uh, he's aroused. Uh, yes. We totally. should rewrite every single HBO
1: synopsis <laughs> as if we were Graham. I do like. Okay, so maybe this is actually all Grams's simulation. Oh. She can't have grandkids. So, this is how she has grandkids.
0: Or, or, yes, or, this is, (laughs) God, this is so fun to think about. (laughs) Jennifer Jennifer had her New York past, Uh which we know vaguely like some, she experienced some like bad stuff. Right. But she's walking. (laughs) But what, (laughs) she's swinging here. Uh, What if. This is a simulation that Graham says put her in a don't worry, don't worry darling mm. simulation because
1: this is like her punishment
0: yes, for being a New York uh, party girl. And it's like, yes, it's
1: like now I'm going to throw you into a yeah. Norman Rockwell painting. You meet the boy next door, you don't think he's actually all that, but then he leaves you and now you want him like nothing you've ever wanted before. And don't you be moan kidding. into his shoulder. Become a good Christian girl, Jennifer. Well, speaking of becoming good Christians, should we all take a break and go to church? Yep. Okay. <laughs> take well, me to church. Take me to church. Uh, I'll we'll worship s- like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Ribbit.
0: Dawson riding his mighty steed of a speedboat through his titular creek arrives at Joey's to pick her up for their date. An awkward sexual tension arises made more intense with Joey's lip biting and jokes about fucking before it's quelled by Dawson taking her hand to leave. The sexy flirtation continues at the Rialto until the lights go down where they settle for holding hands. Later Jen arrives to the theater and pops a squat next to Dawson telling him she took his advice from earlier to get out of the house. Joey's visible discomfort leads to Jen letting herself out and Dawson going after her, leaving Joey to her lonesome. In the lobby, Jen confronts Dawson over the dissolving of their own romantic relationship and his new one with Joey, wondering aloud if she was just a stepping stone to their inevitability. When Dawson tries to comfort her, she tells him that his words feel hollow and that the sight of him with Joey makes her ill before leaving in tears. When Dawson goes back to the theater, he finds that Joey has left. Elsewhere, Pacey waits anxiously in a park for Christy to show up for their date. Oh boy mm. the shot of Dawson on that boat <laughs> is unreal and also cut the parallel editing of like her getting ready mm-hmm. with Dawson is like the hair is blowing in his wind he could not be going faster on that tiny little creek
2: <laughs> I feel like I was thinking about this when I was going to sleep last night and I had something to say about Uh-oh. it and I can't really remember maybe it was just like the idea of Dawson Picking her up on the date mm.
1: on
3: a boat, mm-hmm. I thought was funny, but and it's not a rowboat; it's like a fancier, you know, it's a speedboat. So yeah, <laughs> it's like
1: I, I, this episode to me it has a very <laughs> strong theme of classism throughout the entire thing, right? Because. The country club comments, mm. the the gutter scum—that's what Andy calls Pacey later. Um, and and what we know about Joey and Dawson, right? Joey has a rowboat; that's how she gets around. Now, Dawson, when we see him nav- navigating the creeks, he's got a. A, like power boats. I mean, not a power boat, but at least a motorized boat. Um, he also lives in the very fancy house. She lives in the kind of run-down house. So we're kind of seeing the tale, the, you know, the haves and the have-nots, sometimes being very like eloquently expressed and sometimes very bluntly. And this feels like an example of the bluntly exp- explained side of things. But yeah, I mean, him driving around on the, that boat is it made me laugh so hard because you can tell, <laughs> I feel like you can see that he has probably not driven a lot of boats on the water before, and he kind of looks scared <laughs> as he's driving it at some point where it's like, oh, 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 I hope this fucking thing, you know, it's, it makes me laugh every
0: time I saw that. I don't want to admit this, but there's like something inside me that felt kind of charmed by Dawson oh, when yeah. he got off that boat and handed her that foliage. <laughs> I was just from her like, own garden. Yes, yeah. I was like, is this cute? <laughs> yeah, is this nice? I don't Except know. For,
3: she gave her. He, he gave her a yellow flower, which yellow flowers signify friendship. He could have picked a red <gasps> oh. flower from her garden. There were lots of colors. He gave her the yellow one.
0: This is good research.
1: I like it.
3: Um, I liked yeah. watching Joey get ready, and I thought she looked cute. Yeah, I feel like this is the most makeup we've oh, yeah. seen her in so far. Suddenly, we, she can do her makeup perfectly. Right?
1: <laughs> and we see her go through a couple different looks. She's got her hair up. Yeah. She's got her hair down. Yeah. She's you know. I thought that was kind of fun to see her doing all of that, and then you know, cut, inter- <laughs> inter- with cuts of Dawson looking like a, a doofus on the. <laughs> The water.
2: I do. I mean, we only saw like a couple outfits from Joey, but I mm-hmm. did feel. And I mean, the first one was pretty casual. She just has like a little tank spaghetti strap, yeah, yeah. and shorts
3: or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because it's like what season they they're wearing kind of summery clothes in this episode. A lot yeah, I was wondering yeah.
2: about that, yeah. but I feel like that was. It's not even like a, quote unquote, like girly outfit, but I feel like she usually dresses more tomboy E mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and right. every time we saw her I thought she was looking like more feminine and cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah,
3: she was wearing it for the date she had a layered um, tan like, knitted tank top in it with something underneath so yeah. those layers. and
1: She used to have a lot <clears throat> wear, wear a lot to your point Stella a, a, she was wearing a lot of like either straight-up gender-bent clothing, or she was wearing things that really hid her, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, buried her body under it. And I feel like what we saw her in this the entire episode was a lot of, like, shapely clothing. She's wearing, like, a, you know, like, a tank top. Mm-hmm. She's wearing f- clothes that are, like, not hiding her curves and body mm-hmm. anymore, but actually, like, not, not like, showing it off, you know, but, it like, it doesn't feel like...
3: No, but instead of a T-shirt, it's, like, right. a tank top, so it's, it shows kind of more of her They're, shoulders or her neck, you know. They
1: are yeah. dressing her more in this kind of, like... I don't know, confident way maybe. Mm-hmm. I, maybe that's what we're supposed to feel anyway.
0: I, I wonder if this is supposed to be more based on the creative team wanting to get away from her right. character being tomboyish and there's like, oh, let's just like let that die in season one or if it's like the grosser thing of this is obviously a network run by men uh, and it's the 90s or so they just like, oh, we need to like make her sexy at all times. Yeah. like make mm-hmm. her wear like shapely clothing. Um, because that's what every network did yeah. in the '90s. They're like all women are objects, and they have to look hot at all times. They're not going to like right. let a character not wear heavy makeup and sexy clothes.
3: Also, she just did the beauty contest, and oh yes, that was kind of her, you know, different for her. And so maybe yeah, maybe it's part of her character where now she wants to dress more like yeah, you know, and you like know, like
2: that. and or sorry that um, that she just like had this kiss with Dawson so now she's right. feeling like more mm-hmm. feminine or you know. Just, I think that's
1: definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah,
0: I'm just so cynical because all I can think about is uh, Star Trek Voyager with seven oh nine. They <laughs> The showrunners forced her to wear a cat suit for four seasons <laughs> and same thing with Troy on TNG. Yeah. They're just like oh you have to like everyone else is wearing like their normal Starfleet outfits and then Troy is like wearing this like body suit <laughs> that accentuates her uh, tits. It's disgusting. So I'm just like well, I, I don't know cynical me is like oh every studio head is a a, a gross asshole probably true <laughs> yeah not mutually exclusive
1: <laughs> well yeah so w- while they're they're talking Joey and Dawson are there talking around each other literally they're circling each mm-hmm. other while they're doing this and they just keep going back and forth this is where they say the line about you know at least i don't have to worry about the end of the end of the day will she kiss me <laughs> and then she's like <laughs> Well, yeah, but now you got to worry about whether or not we're going to go to a hotel and screw like porn stars or whatever. Um so weird. It's just so so strange. I don't really get it. It I mean, I do get it, I guess, but at the same time I I just really didn't like really didn't like it. Um I don't know, but I, what do you guys think we're supposed to be getting out of that? Because Dawson is eventually the one who's like, hey, hold on, let's stop talking like we're trying to have sex, and instead I want to hold your hand. <laughs> 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 oh, would you accept this flower, milady? <laughs> like, it feels like we're trying to set up this white knight Dawson kind of yeah. thing. Is that what you guys read as well? I think so, and I think also... uh I, I do like that, I mean,
0: obviously the sexualization of Joey is the thing that we were just talking about, but also at the same time, she has a lot of sexual agency, yes, and I do like the great. fact that she's had a crush on Dawson for basically her entire life, so now that they're in a relationship, she's not playing around with the fact yeah. that she wants to go to Bone Town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's fair to make that joke. I also loved the Typically, I don't like camera work that's just like constantly moving. And they were doing like the Michael Bay thing, just like yeah. Armageddon, uh, of like spinning around. And uh, I felt like that like really built the tension with them, like while they're getting closer right. and closer and closer mm-hmm. and closer. Um, yeah, it's it's so interesting that he's now
1: coy, like yeah, he, mm-hmm. he's like a little boy. He's he's soft, sensitive. I think that's what we're supposed to get—is how soft and sensitive he is.
0: But he's all—I mean, also it's it's. He doesn't want to fuck up this relationship because now now she's like, at the beginning of the episode when they were in the bedroom, she was kind of like, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. he has to like constantly reassure her that what they're doing is okay. right So I wonder, he doesn't want to move too fast to scare her off, so this is his version of that. But also at the same time, he'll talk about how horny he is, so he did
1: potentially we could say he has done a lot of growing because he had his relationship with jen that was his first relationship Mm -hmm. right he maybe learned what he's looking for and what he wants so now he can be a little bit more protective or a little bit more intentional with this relationship and he also has had that wool pulled from his eyes and the girl that whatever is the one he wants so maybe you're right he's just being that's why he's coy but i don't know very pointed that
0: the movie that they're watching is The Last Picture Show. Uh, I yes. don't know if you've seen it, but no. Peter Bogdanovich 1971. It's an extremely good movie, very worth watching. I won't spoil it for those that don't know what it is, but thematically I will say it is about it is about a small town where characters are trying to progress in their relationships and their life and like their goals and dreams and it does not work out for them. Mm. And it ends badly for people and it's kind of reinforcing this idea of like the world may change around us, but like we still stay the same, like interesting. we're, we're stuck in like our grooves and just like bad shit happens and there is no, um, it's, it's famous for kind of like there is no Hollywood ending for us. Like yeah. we, our lives are just like lives. That's it. So I, I find it interesting that they're using this in the first episode of season two where we're seeing these characters that, that, Is there is like a narrative trajectory with these characters with what they're dealing with, but I'm wondering like, is them watching the last picture show showing us that, well maybe Dawson and Joey are not going to get the Hollywood ending that they think that they're Mm, about to have, Interesting. and that's what you know, I mean it is, that's why it is called the last picture show because within that movie they're seeing a movie at a movie theater that's closing, Mm -hmm. but also it's supposed to be like, this is the end of the Hollywood movie, like this is not what real life is like. So, Also, with that, I mean, think of all these other characters. Mitch and Gail are gonna try to like get their relationship back together, but maybe that won't work out. Maybe they will get divorced, and that will be like a thing that we could look forward to. Um, not in a fun way, obviously, but this is something that could probably have right. those characters. Jen, who knows where she goes from here? So, mm-hmm. I it feels pointed. It feels like very purposeful that that's the movie that they're seeing. The Holly. I mean, we all know that Dawson, like his entire life, is Hollywood. Like. Life has to be this magical Spielberg kind of version of what life should be. But the last picture shows like the anti Spielberg. Right. So I feel like
1: now he's going to get a taste of reality. I don't know. And with what we know about this show and how it uses film, right? I mean, season one, alternate titles of episodes were movies that kind of dealt with the topics. The beginning scene of every episode in season one was always about a movie that kind of summarized or featured the plot points that the episode deals with. We didn't get that in this episode. It didn't start with a movie, just Mm -hmm. like the finale didn't. Um, But the one featured film in this is The Last Picture Show. And I think it's kind of, after hearing you summarize that, it's kind of hard. Are, I would say, impossible to ignore what we know about this show and how it uses film and there being some kind of significance or relevance mm. there. But I wonder what the symbology or the messaging is with... They don't actually... So that's Joey and Dawson's first date movie, right? They're yeah. going to go and see that. They don't actually end up watching that movie, and she leaves him there. So mm. are they mm-hmm. themselves rejecting the rejection <laughs> of the Hollywood <laughs> story <laughs> they what, might get?
3: What movie will they watch in the new theater...
1: Yeah, yeah. Movie that
3: they'll watch in the new mm-hmm. theater that's
1: coming. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. Like that. You know, I didn't know what movie that was. I didn't know anything about it. But that that feels like that. Like that adds yeah. so much more.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And if d- that does make me feel like the writers are very smart in like incorporating those things. Definitely. Um.
1: It has to be intentional.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, but and then you think, like, well, like, who's the target audience? The target audience isn't going to know, like, pick up on those subtle yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because also,
1: teens yeah. are ostensibly the audience of this teen drama show. They're not, I mean, maybe the ones who identify with Dawson, who are big film nerds, right. are going to mm-hmm. know that. But like, I would imagine the majority of of primetime TV audience isn't going to be like, oh my God, the last
3: picture the show? Parent, you know, their parents, yeah, probably yeah. more likely would know. It was from,
0: uh, oh wow. And it's also important to note that it's like one of Jeff Bridges' like first big performances. Oh, he's always acted, but uh he's such a little cutie in it. <gasps>
1: oh wow.
2: Oh my gosh. We'll post that wow. photo.
1: He's got a rug baby that Jeff he's looking Bridges. for right there. Really good movie. Check it out.
0: Also, Sybil Shepherd is in it. She's amazing. She's in like taxi driver.
1: Yeah, really good. Another You know, slightly different detail that I wonder if you all noticed. I'm sure you guys did. But in in the dolly shot that they get of the Rialto inside the theater where they're establishing the audience who's about Mm -hmm. to watch this movie. um, Briefly, you see Grams in the foreground of the shot. And she's like got her hands clasped and she's looking (laughs) up and she looks so happy. And at first... It's just kind of cute, you know, but upon rewatch what we know later Mm -hmm. about her purpose for being there that she just wanted to be close to Gramps. So I think that is just such a nice detail and I think it Mm -hmm. really shows that they're taking this show more seriously. They're paying Mm -hmm. more attention. They're trying harder because that feels like why they would send her there, right? She's there because of this nice, hump, like, detail about her past relationship with Gramps. It also could very easily just be something that they came up with to explain why it happened at the end. <laughs> yeah. And if it were that, they wouldn't have had that shot of her looking so much like she's ab- and just absorbing her last mm. time in this theater. She just wouldn't have been featured there at all. Right, But Mm -hmm. instead, we see her there and we see it's show, don't tell, right? Mm While we we had the one side of show, don't tell earlier where it's like, yeah, divorced people only. Don't call us if you're happy. (laughs) Now we're seeing Grams actually living what she's saying, that Mm -hmm. she is there just to soak in that moment. I thought it was a really, really cool and nice thing to see.
3: Yeah. Also, while we're talking about the use of the theater, the Rialto lobby, again, is the setting for a fight, yeah. between oh. Dawson and Jen which in the past that, that lobby has kind of been that that setting for Dawson
1: has fought previous, with both of his yeah. loves here, mm-hmm. Jen and Joey Joey told him to stop living in a fantasy life in the lobby in season one and here Jen is telling him you know I'll kill myself if you don't love uh, me I no, guess yeah. like. <laughs> I was that was pretty painful to hear. That's where I was talking about. Like that wouldn't. I don't feel like that would fly today. No, no, they no, would really no, have no, to
0: word and write that carefully. Yeah, I mean the scene could have played totally fine without the suicide reference. But just just uh, before I forget, it's so fascinating to me. I did not put this together. Uh, the Rialto is Dawson's church. Yes, yes, and uh, oh, and the fact that these two fights with the two women of his life are taking place at his church it's like breaking his faith right, right. his mm. belief that like hollywood has sold him this idea of romance and now mm. that idea is crashing around him within this building that represents that
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah Good. that's about to be torn down too yes yeah and, and what and is replaced. it replaced with mm-hmm. but also on that same note not only is the the movie theater dawson's church we know that Dawson and Grams connect over their love of old movies. Mm. Remember mm, from yes. back in the Hurricane episode. And what do we see Grams doing? Mm-hmm. She's literally praying yes. in the movie theater. Yes, 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 yes.
3: Yeah, when, when when the camera went across yeah. the Grams, that's what I thought about. I was like, she looks like she's in church. You yeah, because she's
1: how interesting. <laughs> I yeah. So I, they're a lot more related and connected, I think, than hmm. mm-hmm. uh, than you know initially we maybe jokingly thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier, I had said I wish this episode was called "The Kiss Part 2. Another
0: alternate title I would call this Jen's Big Swing. Uh, oh. I cannot believe yeah. Jen just casually popping into this theater and sitting right next to them. Oh <laughs>
1: yeah. man, I love that she decides to cosplay as her grandma though. When she shows up, she's like wearing—I mean, it, she's—it looks like she is genuinely dressed as Grams here. Probably pointed to.
3: She also had the little mini twisty buns, which was a, a very popular hairstyle during that time. I don't know if you yes, remember that. Yes, so, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was weird. Like I, my impression of the conversation that Dawson and Jen had was him encouraging her to not like sit around and totally. be sad, but to get out. But mm-hmm. I did not get the impression that he was inviting her at all. No. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was
1: funny yeah. that she
2: was like, oh yeah, you invited me has anybody and had we'll go this to the ice house
1: after. Happen? <laughs> like, Where like, you know, you encounter somebody, doesn't have to necessarily be an ex, but somebody that there is some weird tension with and you have a plan to go somewhere and you're like, you know, not inviting them, but not not inviting them. And then they show up. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? It has happened to me, which is why I'm asking.
4: Oh
2: my god, hmm. I, don't, might, I don't think nothing's so. popping in my head.
1: I'm so. also a very oblivious so. person. So it's it it felt relatable to me in that moment as somebody who who doesn't want to alienate people or exclude people, but also has known these times where it's like circles can't really mix here, but I'm not going to be an asshole and say you can't come, and then the worst case scenario mm. situation happens mm. and they do show up and then you're just like why the fuck are you here? Why did you think <laughs> that you should show up and they're like well because why wouldn't I you didn't say not to or you know yeah. and that's what i thought jen was in in that moment i i i genuinely don't know does jen know what she's doing is she oblivious of what she's doing or is she doing it subconsciously it's a pretty manipulative tactic if she mm-hmm. does like know what she's doing but she's so hurt which is what yeah. we find out mm-hmm. in the lobby she is so hurt here and when you're hurt you do things without even realizing them, right? Okay. There, like So many things happen subconsciously that bubble up and then you're just like doing shit that you didn't intentionally think about doing. I yeah. mean, she's not in a good mental health space. I mean, the sequence immediately
0: following her sitting down next to them is her saying that she would kill herself. <sighs> uh, and I mean, like, in the moment, it feels like not a real threat because this is the 90s and everyone's saying, yeah. I'm going to kill myself it's very, over everything. Yeah. So it... Not taking her too seriously, but at the same time, we do know that she's not in a good space because of Dawson and Joy, but also
1: because of Graham. So it's like she, she's just like losing it.
3: just spiraling. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. she's just in that that having been in those moments myself when like it feels like everything is going wrong. You you do things to see what's going to happen so that you get the feedback, right? So she's going there to see what Dawson's response is going to mm-hmm. be. Dawson's response is like. Why are you here? She got the feedback she needed, right? That's what then causes what happens in the lobby where she is like now fully she's realizing her whole world is like collapsing in on itself. It's it's also shitty too because I feel like we
0: spent a lot of time last season talking about how Dawson is uh was always pushing her boundaries. Um she like it felt like she didn't have a lot of agency in that relationship, and then now she thinks it's her fault for pushing him away. Because he was upset that she broke up with him, so now she's like, "Oh, like please take me back. I'm yeah. so sorry. I push you away." So it's like, I'm also, again, like, is is Dawson even conscious of this, or is he taking everything uh, at face value? What she's saying is he not aware that, like, well, maybe I need to like be more direct with her and say, like, no, 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 you were right to break up with me. I was also right. a bad boyfriend.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's where. I kind of am struggling too with what with the the conversation they're happening they're having right here between Jen and Dawson in the lobby about Jen really kind of grilling him to understand the motivations, I guess, for what's happening. Because she says something about like, so the whole time we were together, you were secretly wishing you were with Joey. It's like, you know that that's not true. Yeah. though. Because mm-hmm. we all saw it happening. We all were there with you. And I know when you're going through hard times, like your reality gets distorted and you remember things differently and all that stuff, maybe that's what we're seeing. But it felt really confusing to me because it felt like what we were seeing was instead Jen twisting the scenario, the situation to make it worse for herself, which is also a relatable thing. I have done that myself. So Certainly. I don't know. It's it's like so nuanced here and I don't know how much is the writing and them really, you know, doing a good job here and how much of it is just like us reading into <laughs> what was there. And yeah. the most
0: confusing part, sorry that you, that you forgot to mention is uh, her saying jumping in reference to fucking, which oh is something I've never God. heard before.
1: Just promise me one thing. You guys aren't, you're not going to jump Joey right away. Like, Okay, are you gonna rob that, her?
2: I think that flew over my head, or uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you were just too wrapped up in how amazing <laughs> uh, her outfit probably was. Yeah, <laughs> I don't
2: know. I mean, I think yeah, I think I just feel pretty confused about what's happening with Jen. Um, Used to, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, she. I actually clipped this. Do you guys want to hear her summarize her trajectory on this show real quick? I think it's interesting to hear her perspective on what she's done and what her purpose is.
3: From being the girl next door to the object of your affection to the third wheel. It's been quite a ride, Dawson.
1: Jen, don't even think about this now. I mean... She really thinks that that's like her her purpose is just to be the third wheel here that, you know, like she, she isn't failing the Bechdel test intentionally now to say her entire existence is just to be some furniture for Dawson's story. She f- believes the fantasy that we were fed in season one. It's yeah. Like
0: you said too much nuance. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I love that. We don't know yeah. instead of just like everyone speaking exactly what they mean to each other. <laughs>
3: So Dawson goes back into the theater and the yellow flower's there. Joey's gone.
0: Yeah. And the fact that you...
3: Friendship, yeah. So. Earlier you
0: mentioned, so she's yeah. leaving her friendship behind.
3: And does that mean, yeah, she's leaving her friendship behind for a romantic relationship? Because later, you know, obviously we see them come around and yeah. they're... <laughs>
1: I'm just thinking, sorry, I was just thinking, you know, so Dawson goes back in, he finds the rose, or the the flower, sorry, uh, conspicuously under a spotlight. I wonder, mm-hmm. did, do you think she... So <laughs> Joey perfectly placed yeah,
3: on the edge of the seat.
1: Joey's like, all right, I, I'm going per- okay, go to... Okay, I got to go up to the, the projection room. Hey, do you have a, a spotlight that we can put on my seat real quick? Because I need my date to find this.
2: But like, wouldn't Dawson have seen... Joey leave? You
1: would have thought yeah.
3: they kind of went. They,
1: they went into like a little corner yeah, area yeah, of the, they were in the lobby, left out the yeah.
3: other side, or
1: yeah. The but,
3: exit, like the emergency exit, I don't know.
1: So Dawson goes back in and he finds that, and I didn't even really think about what Jen does, but now I'm just putting it together. We later see her, She gets. she's in the back of the theater, so she just oh. goes and watches the rest of the movie yeah. by herself. It's a great movie. Right. She was like, I gotta know how this is. Yeah. I feel like it will probably negatively impact her mental health, though, <laughs> after what you've told us <laughs> yeah. <about. laughs> yeah, the movie's dark. Uh, uh, the
0: most important thing that we haven't talked about is when Michelle Williams is walking into the theater to sit next to... Awesome. Yes. Uh, she is holding a bag of Skittles. Did anyone else think she was holding a carrot? Oh, oh no. no. Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> At first, second, third, and fourth glance, I no. was like, is that a carrot she's holding? It fooled me every single time until I saw it in bright white lettering Skittles.
1: Um, I love the idea of somebody just in a movie theater, like, <laughs> the carrot. <laughs> oh, drawn. Sorry, I just got my carrot.
2: The other thing is. Uh, Pacey says his fun little
3: rhyme again. Oh, and has the whistle, yes. (laughs) And his shirt is atrocious. Yes, Yes.
1: this weird, like, pattern. I don't really even know how to, it's like somewhat 50s, I don't know. Anyway, that was the most throwaway scene of the entire episode because literally the only Mm. thing he does is go, (laughs) (laughs) while whistling and saying the same fucking poem he said earlier, and then they cut. So I mean I guess we're seeing that he's being stood up. Cool. Mm-hmm. We I could have yeah. done without that though, because yeah. they later say directly, "Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. I stood you up." I think yeah. it's. I actually
0: think it's important to include it because you get it right before a commercial break. So you, as the audience, see Pacey waiting, and then you also right. feel like you're stood up with his story That's because true. you don't mm-hmm. come back to it. You have to watch commercials. You have to get back to everything else until mm-hmm. you finally see Pacey later. <laughs> so, like in your mind, you're like, "Oh
1: my god!" Like maybe a day has passed. Right. Like, you don't know how much time has passed. This is up. where I wish that David Lynch or Mark Frost were writing on this show because you know that they would have made that poem have a second verse that was more specific <laughs> to being stood up mm. and what that might now mean for the day instead of just saying, I want to see you naked and then kiss you maybe. And then end with fire walk with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Somebody getting viciously murdered. I mean, with the show being Lynchian, I did realize that in the first scene when uh, Joey and Dawson are speaking to one another – Dawson does refer to the relationship as a dream. Oh. oh. Interesting.
1: Goop. <laughs> okay. On that note, we are now going to go on our final break. So we will see you on the other side. Bye-bye.
0: After waiting several hours, Christy finally shows up to the park only to let Pacey know that not only does she have a boyfriend, but she came to tell Pacey that he's brave for living life to the fullest with a quote-unquote heart stripe. Turns out Andy had fed her a silly rumor about an incurable medical condition. Pacey plays along until she leaves him to his lonesome. Later at a grocery store, he runs into Andy, and they rightfully give each other a bunch of shit for putting each other under a lot of stress. Pacey admits his defeat and laments about how his frosted tips persona didn't change things for him. Andy's bickering turns playful when she suggests a hair product for him that'll get him back to square one, telling him that his old look was better. Back at the Rialto, the last picture show ends and the theater empties out. Graham sees Jennifer sulking in the <laughs> back and asks about Gramps, but Jen admits to feeling isolated, friendless, and alone, and Grams comforts her while telling a story about how she went to the Rialto on her first date with Gramps. Meanwhile, Gail and Mitch remind us of their B story. Gail knows about Mitch's trip to divorce court and Mitch tells her that he doesn't know if he believes they can salvage their marriage or if divorce is the answer tabled as a to be continued. <laughs> but most importantly, Dawson finds a sad Joey down by the boardwalk and apologizes for running after Jen. She's pretty much cool with it and lets Dawson know that she chose to chip. She chose to skip on her France opportunity because she thought it would be too much of an easy way out, and instead wants to (laughs) fight it out in Capeside. Oh, and yeah, of course, there's also Dawson. While the tension heats up, he playfully leads her on a tour of France, a.k.a. Capeside's Boardwalk, which ends on a swing set where they kiss again. He speaks an allegory of the Rialto being rebuilt as a new, better theater, equating it to their friendship slash relationship, and they kiss a third time. Ooh man
2: so okay like i appreciate that andy did this prank um but i feel like the the like the medical piece the heart stripe piece is like an interesting choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like mm-hmm. i feel like she could have come up with like a better thing you know i don't know um that wasn't medical related i i'm trying to right. think of something yeah. else but it just seems like Okay it's funny that you had him like get stood up by the cheerleader but over a weird I don't know I don't know felt silly it
1: didn't yeah. make a lot of sense i w- was personally relieved that it wasn't like some other 90s trope that they could have used, like some version of the R word is what he suffers from. Yes. That's what I really thought. That's immediately where mm-hmm. I thought it was going. Me too. Yes, um, yes. And when they twisted it and it was a medical thing, I was like, oh my God, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, I I do think that, though, ultimately just served the purpose of having the she's a dumb blonde joke because she was like, you know, I suffer from asthma and I always (laughs) hate when people treat me different. It's like, oh, okay, so you're stupid. I thought it was (laughs) interesting, though,
3: that he played along with it. He didn't make her feel stupid oh, really about it like what a guy i mean you would have thought he would be like oh well that was a lot you know or something but he, right. he just kind of thinks about it internalizes it and thinks wow andy pulled that off didn't she yeah. like the, you know he's <laughs> I, a
0: good loser yeah i believe andy to be a perfect character yeah so um <laughs> kind of like christ and i i think there's uh maybe it was a two for one for her she's like i can make Christy looked like even more of an idiot for falling for something this stupid mm-hmm. and she was just like that confident about it and I can screw over Pacey.
3: Yeah. Oh, did you? anyone notice that Christy's holding a piece of paper? Yes. In this. And then when, like for most of the scene when she's sitting there next to Pacey and then when she when gets up to go back to, you know, her boyfriend, it's not in her hand. So I wonder. I was kind of wondering if it was like lines, yeah, <laughs> you know, like a few mm-hmm. lines that she had to remember. Mm-hmm. Or
1: something. So this is where I want to talk. You were talking about how they probably, you know, had to just had get one take of everything in season one. I think you're totally right. They had way more time to explore things in season two, and this scene specifically is an artifact of that. Because I bet you, they were trying multiple different reasons for why Pacey got the sympathy date and the oh, heart stripe was just one version of it and she had to have the thing in her hand to remind <laughs> her of what the changed line may be or they were just trying a different line, alternate line take but because she doesn't have the paper in her hand in the establishing shot of her walking up and she doesn't have the paper in her hand in the estab- and her leaving <laughs> the shot But for a couple shots, she has it in her hand when she's talking to Pacey and she's not even doing much to hide it. Almost like it was just like a test take, you know, to like see the blocking or something like that, which maybe it was just a blocking take. Mm -hmm. But it was just really interesting. And it's
0: important to remember, too, with shows like this, it's you're not just going to have like one version of a screenplay and then it's done for each episode. It's like they're really writing this on the fly. And sometimes it'll be like, you'll come to the that day for shooting and they'll be like okay great uh, actors they changed the script so this is your new mm-hmm. lines for the day Right. so they probably did do that That's just a good, changed the just lines, good yeah.
1: yeah,
0: it was cool Mal Mal pointed it out <laughs> yeah my initial thought was like oh Andy told her that he's gay and needs a, a beard and so she's going to like agree to be his like fake girlfriend
1: well and after all of the gay the, the brother Dougie's secretly gay stuff that would be right at home in mm-hmm. this fucking show yeah <laughs> I wonder if Mike White was just like, "Can you guys just cut it out with the gay shit?" Please,
0: (laughs) not cool. I do love them. So, like when he meets up with Andy at the grocery store and their conversation about like the hair dye and stuff, I just god damn it. Okay, so when I first watched this episode, I was like, "Ah, like Pacey's back to being horny boy Pacey, and that sucks." But like, it's so clearly like his facade. He needs to be the cool guy, and what better way to show that than with the frosted tips? Like, he has to play a character. He's constantly like wearing a mask. To hide who he truly is, and I thought it was so great when he picks up the peroxide, and Andy specifically says like, "No, that'll like just turn all your hair, you know, like white. Like you need mm-hmm. uh, this. that will go back to who you really are." And it's like, oh, like the the thing that he picks up is to make him the opposite of who he is, mm. and Ooh. she's the one
1: saying like, "No, you need to be yourself," mm. and that feels so good. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's such a good reading because I didn't so catch good. that at all. I was just distracted because I'm pretty sure the vitamins that were on the wall behind them <laughs> are the exact same vitamins that are in the store right now, like 25 years later. They haven't sold them. But yeah, that's such a good reading because like, you're right. She is like kind of telling him in a way you don't have to change who you are. You have to go back to what you, what you could be. You don't have to change yourself to find what you're looking for. You just have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so sweet. It is. It's the, the corny but true
0: you know, just be yourself. That's the best advice. Uh, did anyone catch the name of the market that they're in? No, no. But it's, I love this it had market. A cool sign. It's
3: like an old-fashioned pharmacy.
0: Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> uh, it is giving me an aneurysm oh. thinking about it because it's called Molly's Market, but it is spelled M O L L Y E. I've oh. never Whoa. heard. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry for any Molly's, listeners, Molly's Market. <laughs> any listener out there, if your name is Molly and you go by Molly. Um, <laughs> Very sorry. Strange. But yeah, I've never seen it written. That's so strange. Like that. And when I was trying to, write, I was like, what is this place called? And I had to like frame by frame it. Like, what the fuck? Is there a missing letter? And it's like a head. Like, I know. Weird. Molly. Molly.
1: Maybe they're they they're, they're all sommeliers. And they're like, yeah. um, maybe we should be a grocery store. <laughs> maybe we, we aren't just selling wine. Maybe we sell groceries. Molly's.
4: <laughs> Weird.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I, I wanted, you know, speaking of the 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 grocery store, I really I love the, the chemistry that Pacey and Andy have that we talk and I that we have talked about previously, and I think that this really like captures it well. Andy is so charming and she's so funny and she's so witty, and this line is perfect.
2: Look, Pacey, I don't really know you, but if you thought for even one second that Christy Livingstone was gonna dump her beautiful All-State football boyfriend for you,
1: a sophomore with a heart stripe? <laughs> deluded. She's so fucking funny. I I love I, that, the delivery on that, <laughs> the like callback, the treating this fictional medical disease as a real thing. It's just so fucking mm-hmm. funny. I hope there's so much more of that. Yeah.
2: Um from my memory, I think she sticks around for a while. Good. Um but you know, I don't remember the show very well. You know, like I've said, I watched bits and pieces as a kid, um, but I have a memory of not liking her, and I don't know why. And I'm curious to see like what happens, and if there was a reason I didn't like her, or I don't know, I don't know. Um, we'll see.
1: But well, I mean, so far I'm
2: really excited. Yeah. I think she's really fun, and I'm excited that she's an addition to our court. Really core.
1: rounds out the cast mm-hmm. in a in a great way. Uh, she's perfect, so I'm scared. <laughs> don't like hearing that <laughs> did anybody catch you know back at the rialto when when grams leaves she sees jennifer jennifer <laughs> you're wearing my
0: outfit
1: <laughs> um and anyway they're talking and this is where jen's like did you find some you're gonna go find some action now or you know whatever yeah. stupid shit she says but but Graham says this and uh it just made me raise my eyebrows <laughs> just just a little bit
3: see i didn't come
0: He
1: was never as handsome as that night. <laughs> what the fuck, grandma? I know, what? He was he never looked good again. He was an old <laughs> ugly old fucking trout after as soon as we left. He looked damn good that night, but god damn he's fucking ugly. Yeah, weird way to put it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very, very I'll just say like love at first sight or something. Yeah.
1: yeah never i mean and it starts so sweet and there's the emotion stella is crying right now <laughs> just thinking she was so touched by that speech and then she's like immediately she's a she's a student of mystery she's just immediately <laughs> nagging cramps she's like <laughs> ugly You'll probably not believe this,
0: but your grandfather was once attractive, but your entire <laughs> life you saw him looking like
1: a Shrek. <laughs> Chewed up piece of bubble gum stuck on the heel of my shoe. <laughs> uh, it's tough when
0: we get these scenes with Grams and I feel for her and I'm like, oh, you're like so sweet to yeah. Jen and like, What a forgiving soul to like still embrace Jen, even though she's going through all this. And then I just remember that she's a fucking racist ghoul. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Confusing. I
0: really hope they like backtrack. Like, they're clearly like, it feels like they're rewriting this character to be more Mm -hmm. loving and compassionate. Uh, I hope maybe she's like, "Oh, will remember when I was listening to too much Rush
1: Limbaugh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe the closing of the Rial- Rialto also represents a new beginning for Grams. Mm. So.
1: She's going to get really into, like, rollerblading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found out about Heelys.
0: Have you seen these <laughs> things? Watch me go. <laughs> <laughs> I can grind the
1: whole boardwalk
0: from our house to the Rialto. Uh
1: I love Grams. I hate Grams, but
2: no, it's so like I feel like she's such a fun character, and then I mm. if, always forget.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, that's what the show it's wants doable. you to do. They want us to forget, but Cody, he hashtag never forgets. <laughs> exactly nine eleven. Uh,
0: this, I mean, we do like complicated characters, folks. We love it when a character you hate him, you love them. You know what are they all about, but. Um, being a racist ghoul isn't cool
1: and kind of <laughs> fucking unforgivable. Uh, so yeah, come on. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Being a racist <laughs> ghoul isn't cool. <laughs> and, then, and then Cody <laughs> with two thumbs up. <laughs> She's got to be Grams' Rams, face. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Her folding laundry. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about Mission Gale Gail for a little bit. Uh, so when Gail is trying to yeah. accost Mitch, about their relationship, you know, what's going on. Uh, Did anyone else think Mitch was reading Harry Potter? (laughs) 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 I I mean, like, being a kid of the 90s, like, uh, I'll forever associate every book that has that binding to it, looking like a Harry Potter. I just love the idea of Mitch being like, I wonder if I'd be a Hufflepuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gail, hold on. They're in Diagon Alley right now. Harry's about to get his fucking wand. I mean, it's
0: 98. I
1: feel like that's the year, like, is
0: published in ninety seven. Came to the states in ninety eight. I think so. he's got
1: those glasses on too, mm-hmm. and he just looks like he could be a professor at Hogwarts. <laughs> why is Gail confused about why Mitch might want a divorce here? Just anybody having a thought? Is it maybe just because they've been working on it?
3: Yeah, I think it. It seems like it just came out of nowhere. Like. Like he I, hasn't talked been talking to her, yeah, sure. about anything. But then suddenly,
1: right? Suddenly, yeah. he's like going to
0: a divorce lawyer. Mm-hmm. It really feels like the scenes that we do see of them; those are the only times that they're actually communicating. because like, yeah. they never talk mm-hmm. about their relationship. It's just like what we see is all there is. Mm-hmm. All the other time is spent that them are they're separate. Um, so maybe that is why they're both so confused right. about these things
1: because they don't actually communicate at all. He spends all day like looking for distressed fishing nets to put in his future concept <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> He's
0: not reading Harry Potter. Yeah. He is <laughs>
1: looking for things to
0: aesthetic up the kelp.
2: Um, I don't know if you caught this um, recording, James, but um, when Gail basically gives him the two options and she's like, do either of these sound uh pleasant to you and he's like, Yeah, both. Yeah. But not, but not sure which
3: one.
1: Yeah. That made me laugh. I thought that was a very well written like it, it was a good it made it got there were th- I had three laughs on my laugh track this week. And that was one of them mm. when he delivered that line because I you know, yeah, I don't know which one I want to do right now. And I just I want them to get a divorce. I'm sorry. You do? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. see them. Well, I guess you are right, Cody, because we don't see them communicate. Mm-hmm. This is the only time we see them talk, and they're never actually talking about things. They're just talking around things, and or they're just like super hot and heavy. So it just feels like they don't actually have a relationship.
0: Yeah, they're. But I mean, I can't yeah. tell if these characters are extremely shallow, like mm-hmm. in the in the way that they're written, or if they're just shallow people. It's like all they do is fuck, and then they argue, and then it's like, oh, they're or she's cheating on him but we never really found out why because she didn't really give a reason no. and now they like don't even know if they should have a divorce it's like well maybe yeah maybe you should because you're not
1: and they did a really good job of making her look i mean like a complicated character but like a bad impulsive character in that whole assassination of her with joey like
4: mm-hmm.
1: talk you know in season one so it i just have a hard time feeling invested in them as a couple but now yeah. I feel like they're becoming more
0: of like actual flesh and blood characters than they yeah. were in season 1. So I feel like mm-hmm. they got they got I feel like they received more substantial screen time in this episode than they would in Definitely. something from previous episodes. Uh this I don't know there if it, maybe it's just cuz the writing is better, but I felt like oh these are real people now and we're going to like follow this trajectory a little more than what we've been given. So I'm excited to see like where this goes because now we know there's <laughs> now the writers everyone who's behind the camera knows like oh we we're renewed, like, we can really build on this forever, so.
1: And I guess, to that point, you know, what I was saying is all we know about them is their sex lives. This season, their first scene is actually Mitch rebuffing her and turning down sex. No, we can't just have a sexual relationship anymore. We need to work this out, I or I need to divorce you. But obviously, they're going to work it out. I don't think that they're actually going to get a divorce. But, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we're seeing that there actually are, they are a- going to show us a different side of their relationship. Can't wait. Does anybody, did anybody see the figurine that's on the, like, behind Mitch? He's sitting there. Is it, it looks. Voldemort? It looks like <laughs> Lara Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> it's, it, I don't know what it was. It, it, Interesting. But it was just like a weird little statue on on a, on the shelf behind him. It's out of focus. It's hard to see, <laughs> but... It felt like an Easter egg type thing, you know, that like people. Yeah, are, yeah. Anyway, it was Lara Croft. It must when have. When did the first
0: Tomb Raider come out? Good question. Got to be like ninety eight.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. Maybe Mitch is just like a big
0: Tomb Raider fan. Well, here we are, guys. Have a little faith in me. Oh boy. Have <laughs> a little faith in me. <laughs> uh, don't want to admit it again, but I was charmed by Dawson talking about. Cape side be in France. What? Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. uh, Did my heart grow three times the size over this break? I
1: don't know. But I I thought it was cute that he was doing that. It was cute. I got to say, it was cute. Did did it work on me? No, I thought it was gross. But I'm so happy that it worked for you. I mean,
0: I don't... uh, I mean, like, I still think it's disgusting that she's giving up France uh, for these very vague reasons that we should get into. But also, she's Mm. like, and also because of you and so his reaction to that is like I'll bring France to you um, yeah. you want the moon? I'll yeah. sew it for you uh, but it worked for me
1: I it liked did. it well I mean he's just such a he's, he's so spiffy in his very large t-shirt and very large pants and he says the swing set and god he's French French
3: fries, <laughs> French,
1: French toast <gasps> French doors <laughs> and there's only one more French thing we can do
3: French
2: kiss, baby!
1: <laughs> and I love that Joey's like...
4: French kiss.
1: Yeah, that's the fucking joke. You you, you got it. Good job. We, we got there. Uh, I want to talk about
0: the parallel of Joey's decision, which is insane, but also with Pacey. So Pacey's identity being wrapped up in this hair, the peroxide, represents him trying to be anyone but himself. Whereas with Joey... Her reasoning for not going to France is she says is that would be an easy way out. And she says sticking around here, Capeside, would make her stronger. So it's like she's obsessed with being herself. Like she right. cannot yeah. like be anyone else. Right. Other than like she's so fixated on like I am the girl from the small town. I can't be anything else. Um, and it's hard for her to even imagine like a world where anything would be different. And she has to like prove herself in a weird way, whereas Pacey would do absolutely anything other than being himself.
3: She also says, I don't I don't understand why they have to change something if it already works in that scene. So that's kind of what she's saying there.
1: Ain't broke, don't fix (laughs) it. I wish all
0: these characters had that accent. (laughs) But I do like that parallel. I love that we have two characters in the show, one that hates who they are and one that is obsessed with not being able to be anyone else but themselves. Mm -hmm.
1: It is rich. She's Joey is unipo- unapologetically <laughs> herself. <laughs> Unapologetic. You replace the A with an uppercase I, you know? Because it's about me.
3: You guys just don't get it. <laughs> uh,
0: so this is the biggest mistake of her life, right? Yeah. Well, yeah.
3: biggest, yeah.
2: Yeah I, yeah, I mean. It has to be. I would absolutely choose to go to France. I do kind of mm-hmm. understand, like, that uh, mentality of, like, it is kind of like running away from her problems and in some sense by just going away. Um, And I I like her thinking of like staying here will make me stronger to like face the things that I need to face. Um, But it is very disappointing. Um, And I wonder, like obviously we see her confront her feelings for Dawson, but is she going to confront the more, I think, Complicated issue of her daddy, daddy problems.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, they didn't talk strangely about that absent all yeah. this
2: episode because I feel like that was a very big yeah thing leading up to her deciding about mm-hmm. France, and then it wasn't really touched on.
0: I will never ever get over that scene in the finale where her dad was like, "By the way, Dawson loves you." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so awesome.
1: I'll, that'll be the high point of this entire series for me. I, you know, Stella, you saying you definitely would have chosen to go to France, I don't think I would have. I think I would have chosen, like Joey did, to stay and not go, because going is really scary. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think Joey wants more than anything to feel, like, secure and safe. That's what she's always wanted. That's, like, probably the only thing she wants. She doesn't get it. And I think the second that she gets some semblance of that from Dawson, she's no longer willing to risk, you know, the unknown for that feeling. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I think she's obviously a very brave and like strong character who is clearly capable of doing it. But I think the moment she gets that, that's the second it all changes for her. And yeah, I don't know, I, but I don't think I would have done that either. I think that I would have been like, hell no, I'm not going to go <laughs> spend a, however long over there, you know, I just met this cool girl named uh what would be the equivalent of Dawson? What's it? Hmm. hmm. Say it.
3: Donna? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just met this cool girl named Donna. She's really into <laughs> paper mache. <laughs> Is paper mache a hobby? <laughs> could you could you just do you that? Can, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Oh, do you guys want to do paper mache later? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds cool. Uh, I do remember my sister making a paper mache mask in the nineties. So maybe I think that was big.
3: In yeah, the 90s. Paper mache yeah, in definitely. the nineties. It was. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know I'd have did one it for school, but I don't. I just don't know anybody that's like for fun at home, like dipping newspaper I did paper mache and, for
3: fun in the nineties. <laughs> okay.
0: That <explains> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a little faith in me. Fucking rules! I love that we closed out this episode with that song. Mm-hmm. I love that it ended with that spoken word section that was like, "Come here, darling." Because for a second, <laughs> I was like, what, "Who's did a character to speak?"
1: That was Dawson. That was yeah. Dawson. He was come talking, here to Joey. "Darling, come here, darling." Yeah, it's the best song I've ever heard in my life.
0: And then the episode ends.
1: I immediately <laughs> wanted to watch the next episode. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I have never yeah. felt uh, like a feeling like that before, where I just. Wanted to go. Like, I was ready to go. I haven't, haven't gone yet. But, oh, you haven't yet? No, I haven't gone. I've been waiting to pee since watching <laughs> that episode. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I'm so ready to get into this episode after that. I, I rarely have I felt that feeling with, an epi- with the first episode where it both delivered on like introducing what I am expecting from the rest of the season with, while also being satisfying and making me want to get into that next episode act. What are we going to see next? I'm so excited.
3: So excited. Just can't hide it.
1: <laughs> are you in our ratings? Yeah, wow. Holy wow. shit, I actually forgot about our ratings for a moment. Oh my god.
2: How do we do it? One, one to five?
1: One to five on a scale of one to five Creeks.
2: Cody, do you
0: want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. I will give this four out of five Creeks. Uh, this is
0: starting to feel like a real show to me. Uh, yeah. You know, besides the fact that Jen is just treading water uh, everyone else feels like there's like some progress or push to their characters will Dawson and Joey last, will Pacey learn to be his true self will Mitch and Gil get a divorce, it's exciting uh, plus like I said this is like a massive jump in production Like I actually feel like I'm watching a real TV show instead of a bunch of people right. gluing uh, out of order scenes together just like wishing for the best so yeah, I thought this was really a really strong first episode of season 2
3: I'm uh, going to give it a 4 as well yeah enjoyed it. Um, excited to see some new characters and you know, everyone's story is progressing. so, yeah, I don't know. pretty simple. but
2: Yeah, I think I'll give it a four. I'm on the fence about doing a tiny bit lower, but um, yeah, overall, I thought it was a very strong start to season two. It did definitely leave me wanting more, I'm very excited to keep going. Yeah, I think the like I said at the beginning, I just didn't love or like. I feel like myself, I could get very tired of the Dawson Joey relationship very quickly, um, and bummed about Jen. (laughs) But I am like I I do think it, it is kind of lining up. You know, a lot of interpersonal conflicts for her and I think that will be an interesting storyline. I I feel like she's going to do a lot of self-discovery is Mm -hmm. my hope and my prediction. So that should be interesting but as of now it feels pretty not great.
1: Well, I'm sensing a theme here um, and I'm going to break that theme because I'm going to give this episode a two. Damn, not Squared? for four (laughs) (laughs) because yeah i know i had (laughs) you the first half
0: um you you get hurricane like a three (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) 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 uh yeah um mostly i thought this episode was great fantastic i really enjoyed it i did watch this episode a few too many times though because my last my (laughs) last watch uh, that I had to do when pulling the audio clips, I wanted it to be over so bad. Um, <laughs> God damn, I was so ready for the episode to be done. That said though, it, like we've already talked about, like we've gone on at length, this season so far is really bringing a lot um, to the table and I'm really excited to go forward um, with this. And yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's a clone, so um, yeah, can't go wrong oh Four. Yeah. That brings us to our recommendations. I went last, so I'll go first. Isn't that the order we started last time? No idea. Go who, for it. Who knows? Um okay, great. So, I'm going to I'm going to break another tradition here, folks. Not no King Not no King Gizz. Giz. I'm, I'm not going to recommend King Gizzard. Yeah, I hate those guys. What? I'm, yeah, actually, you know what? He doesn't mean it. I'm going to let you all in in a big secret. I've never listened. <laughs> to King Gizzard. I don't know a first, I don't know a song. I think uh you're just really into like Wikipedia. Imagine <laughs> imagine all the people. That was a King Gizzard song right now. Um no, yeah, uh, I'm going to recommend a a it's a, an ep but it's very interesting it's very different than probably anything i've i've recommend recommended previously um it's by an artist called boulant that's spelled b u l l a n t um and the album is rove um and it is uh, like a deep house mm. album really really good um just two tracks you're i mean you can't go wrong with them they are Definitely going to make you want to dance and uh, you will be aroused, uh, as, Dawson Creek, as Dawson Creek once said. <laughs> That's um, his name, right? Yeah, Bullant, uh, great guy. His name is Joey Walker, and he is also the guitar player for King Gizzard oh. and the Lizard Wizard. There it is. Got you again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's uh, all coming back in the end. But yeah, Bullant, go check it out. Rove, great album really good and then I'm going to throw in another recommendation here shadow recommendation it's for a album that is soon to be released by the artist Heavy Moss um, they haven't released a date yet I know it's coming the week that we are recording so it's coming soon um, but just check out Heavy Moss on Instagram it's from the bass player from King Gizzard mm. and it's very nice chill music you'll enjoy it
2: I'll go next So, my recommendation is the TV show Dead to Me. Uh, You can watch it on Netflix. The third season came out this last November, the third and final season. Um, Great show, stars Christina Applegate and fellow freak, not from Dawson's, but
1: Freaks and Geeks are namesake. Oh, yes.
2: Uh, Linda Cardellini.
1: Ah, yes.
2: Um, It is a dark comedy that um, is about, like, these two women becoming friends um, over uh, experiencing grief in different ways. Um, but there's also kind of, like, a mystery element to it. Um, and it, it kind of goes in, like, a, a little different direction than you anticipate. Um, but it's really, really funny and a really heartfelt uh friendship that blossoms and it's pretty emotional the, th- the third season was hard and i cried a lot but wow. um, it's a beautiful story and i love it very much
1: i've heard a lot of good things about this mm, show it's so good like a lot of my coworkers in previous jobs have or my my most recent job have talked about this show and i don't know how to take most people's recommendations so i often don't follow up on them but hearing you recommend it as well makes me think maybe i should
2: yeah, definitely recommend. I feel like it's a really unique story about friendship um, because, yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I feel like it's rare that you see a story where it's like two older women becoming mm-hmm. friends yeah. um, and the the hardships of friendship and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's special and really funny. I love nice. Linda Cardellini. So, They're mm. both so I good. I didn't know yeah. she was in it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: My turn. I am going to recommend a series on Netflix called Kunk on Earth. Oh, yes. I don't know if anyone's heard of this one. Uh, It's a mockumentary series in which... Philomena Kunk, a fake journalist played by British comedian Diane Morgan, visits historical sites and chats with ac- academics about humanity's progress. <laughs> um, <laughs> she is hilarious and she never breaks character. <laughs> it's great. It's
1: <laughs> it is so very, fucking it's funny. It's so
3: funny. It's so fun to see her interact with like serious academics and have them kind of play along.
0: So is it like Ali G Show or like any Sasha yes, Cohen yes, kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah, like they, yeah, do they yeah.
1: know that she's a character? I they, think
3: they do. I think some of them, maybe some of them do more than others. It's hard to tell, but it's...
1: I don't think it's sh- like between two ferns level where they know no. what they're getting into before they're there. I think it's more similar to the, the G show. But I think the people that they cast are more likely to play along than not, if that makes her, sense. Also,
3: her questions are like so ridiculous that like, there's no way that, they, that like, they think that this is someone real. Yeah. Like, if you watch this... It's it's just yeah it's
1: it's so hilarious and awesome.
3: Um, and she travels to you know Rome and places like that have a lot of like you know
1: it's history and
3: yeah yeah, it's just. I think was it was uh, originally released on BBC Two in 2022. So, but it was just recently released on Netflix.
1: Um, How many episodes is it again? It's like.
3: Five or something, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's short and it's really funny, and it's kind of like one part travel show and one part comedy. You know, because they're she's going to like cool destinations that you want to go and then she's also interviewing these people and being like so why can't any of these people in these pictures turn their head to the left why are they all only looking right (laughs) you know like you know things like that
3: it's just like but then she also yeah like um, a lot of it is just her talking to the camera about where she is and making up making up stop it's It's so fucking funny so funny (laughs)
0: I love a bullshitter. So that sounds great. She's she's great. She's (laughs) great. Yeah. Uh, My recommendation is the 1969 Japanese experimental new wave movie, Funeral Parade of Roses, written and directed by, excuse my pronunciation, uh, Toshio Matsumoto. It's this uh, wildly transgressive for its time avant-garde movie that follows the lives of several trans women who are a part of an underground queer scene in Tokyo. It's narratively complex and often breaks the fourth wall to become a pseudo-documentary that interviews the performers. It challenges cinematic language and structure and is wildly ahead of its time in regards to queer representation as well as its own style that's like reminiscent of Varda or like John Waters, Lynch, Abbas Kiarostami, and more. Uh, so for listeners who like movies that are challenging, experimental, weird, and psychedelic, I couldn't suggest it enough. It had been on my list for a very long time and it's never on streaming services, so I... Uh, did it, FBI. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then like immediately bought it afterwards because I was like, oh, this movie is mind blowing. And when I first watched it, I thought yeah, at the beginning it had the little tag of when it was released and I thought it said 1989. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this like feels like an 80s movie. But then I was reading about it later, and I was like, 69? Wow. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> like anyone was making movies like this in the 60s. Interesting. It's so crazy. So yeah, if you like weird shit and, uh, want to have a crazy wild time. Check it out.
1: Yeah, it sounds interesting. I'm just reading along on the Wikipedia page for it as you're talking and it sounds um, very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's
0: uh yeah, it's really good. It's upsetting too. But if uh you're if you can stomach uh weird stuff, it's it's amazing. If if you if you like Lynch or like yeah. anything that's like kind of challenging, like you should check it out cuz it'll blow your top.
1: Sounds awesome.
2: Well, next time, season two, episode two, we will be talking about Dawson's preoccupation with Joey when she causes him to forget Pacey's 16th
3: birthday.
0: Oh,
1: wow. wow.
3: Ouch. Oh, <laughs> whoopsie daisies. There he is. Hey, For what's kidding? Pacey going
0: to really miss out on
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> here, Pacey, I got you another bowling shirt. <laughs> 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 oh, but Pacey needs a friend so bad.
2: Ooh, I wonder if that means like he'll end up doing something with Andy. Ooh. Yeah, or little, is he
3: going to throw a party? Is there going to be a party at Pacey's house? Will we see Pacey's house finally?
1: Interesting. Oh my God, I hope <laughs> we do. Holy shit. But I bet not because his family hates him. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be at the dump. His family's like, yeah, we organized <laughs> a party for you. Just show up here and it's just a, it's just a, the the town dump. <laughs> oh. I will speculate like laser tag. Oh! <laughs> Ooh. Yeah! Oh my God!
3: Very nineties.
1: Oh, love laser tag. All right. Well. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. Um, If you've enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to our show and whatever pod player you're listening to us in. Share it with your friends. uh, Slap the wall and scream our podcast (laughs) title. Just get creative with how you market us. I don't care. But anyway, (laughs) join us each week as we continue to set sail through Dawson's Creek one episode at a time. If you want more of our Freaks and Creeks content, go ahead and visit our website, freaksandcreeks.com. You can find us on Instagram at freaksandcreekspod, or you can write to us at show at freaksandcreeks.com. Until next time, bye-bye. I love you.
0: Uh, We should pause because James, you have an enormous spider underneath your right uh, ear. Oh. It's like... Ah! (laughs) Oh, it's right there!
1: It's right there, it's on the ground! What? I killed that spider, everybody. (laughs) Holy shit, we gotta keep this in. (laughs) Uh, okay, cool. Well, let's keep going, huh? Oh my God.
2: Wesley something or other. Wesley, Wesley
1: Ship. That's his name. Yeah. John Wesley Ship? Oh my God. That's th- John Wesley Ship. That spider was yes. just trying to make me a superhero. It heard us Ooh. talking about Oh, I should have let you just oh, yeah. yeah, God. Um, yeah, so John Wesley Ship, who's got his. Uh,